Sometimes the world just needs a hero to help cut through all the noise. Well, now you have two. Good morning, good evening, or good afternoon. Welcome to your friendly neighborhood, Heroes of Noise. I am your host, Steve. And I'm the other 50% of the show. My name is Dan. Welcome to the show, everyone. The heroes have arrived. We're ready to do this. How you feeling, bro? You okay? Yeah, I'm doing okay, man. It's been a busy, busy week. Yeah, a busy friend. week, man. I'm taking care of my wifey. She had the surgery on Friday. So, you know, had a little shoulder surgery. She's without an arm right now. So, Jeez. I mean, so like, they, you know, they it's still away, there. Huh? They yeah, they, they took that fucker away. Yeah. No, no, it's still there. <laughs> no big deal. So she'll, she'll grow another one. She's no, she's arm. good. What? But, well, it sucks because, you know, it's like someone just, it's like you, you wake up, you're fine. And about two hours later, you don't have use of your right arm anymore for, you know, a specific amount of time. But it's, it's, what's great is that I've actually gone through this. So I got her, man. I've been taking care of her. I've been cooking and cleaning and shit. What? Took the day off. Took some, several days off, actually, to celebrate my birthday at the same time. And you know what, man? I'm doing good. This is like, you know me. You know how much I work. And this is awesome because I have no, like, no one to answer to except for my family for the next five days. And it's wonderful. That is, you know, wait a minute. At the time of you guys listening to this, I believe that Dan will be yet another year old. Because it's tomorrow, right? We're Sunday and your birthday's tomorrow. Tis my birthday, sir. Holy cow, G. What? What? (laughs) I don't really want to like, I don't want to linger on that too long because I'm not real crazy about this one. You know what I mean? We're not getting any, we're not getting any younger, Steve. You know, there's no more, there's no more like, uh, oh, hey, congratulations, you're this age. Um, Now you can do this. Now it's just like, but, oh, congratulations. Now you're the sage, and now you can pretty much go at any time. Bro, so. you're, oh, come <laughs> on, man. You, what you look, the I'm thing is, kidding. you don't look your age. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's why I say grow out that beard, man. Nah, son. Not trying to do that right now. <laughs> come on. What about you, man? Hey, bro, I would grow out the whole beard if it was up to me. But for me, let me tell you about my week. My week has been nothing but, okay, other than um, school. My week has been fantastic because I really got on some good stuff this week. I can't wait to talk about it. Um, what happened this week that was weird, though? There was actually something I did want to talk to you about that kind of skeeved me out. And, uh, oh, this is, this is okay. Oh, man, this is kind of for our pregame. But since we're in Heroes of North, I want to ask you a question. <laughs> What's that? Okay, uh, there was this guy put a, because, uh, you know, Stranger Things just came out. I've heard a little something about this, yes. A little bit of something. And one of the, a guy, he's an ex, um, I don't know if he's an M- NBC Universal exec, a retired one, and he's like, look at Millie Bobby Brown grow up all in front of our eyes, all grown up. And she like, like creepy? Has, and she's like 13 and she had high heels in the, in the, in the uh, picture. And I was like, that kind of skeeves me out, G. That she's dressed up that way? Or are you talking about what the guy said? Yeah, him saying, oh, all grown up. Yeah, that ain't all grown up. <laughs> I, I think it's because we have kids. that like, I'm I like have, Yeah, I was like, I have one of those, man. She's 14. <laughs> she's older than Millie by Brown. And she's not all grown up, man. That's... <laughs> It's so funny. But I'm did like, he say it like this though? But did he go like, "Oh, well, look at Millie Bobby Brown, all grown up at the the premiere of this"? Or did he go like, "Hey, hey, uh, listen, look at look at uh, look at Millie Bobby. Yeah. She sure looks pretty good right now." <laughs> it wasn't like that. It wasn't like that. Is what I'm saying. I don't 
because that's a, then you got a whole yeah. whole other story. I think he wrote it, so I think we all read into it what it what it was. But I didn't know she was that young, G. I was like, man, that whole crew is killing it. Then, if they're young like that, they are killing it, G. And you know what makes it you know what makes it even more like. Um, not, I guess deceiving would be the word. She comes off older than she is too. It's what is it about the British accent with these kids? They sound so much smarter. They sound older. They, they sound like they have more experience. They sound wiser. You know, it's funny. My sister, you know, uh, she actually broke it down to me. You know, that whole linguistics uh, degree. She was like, "Oh, this is why you think the English, um, the English um, dialect or or um, accent to you makes you think someone's smarter." There's a reason for it. And I forgot what it was. It, oh, man, I was so ready, ready to do this. <laughs> she, she could sit down and like break it down and say, look, this is why. And she'll break it down with all this stuff. I'm like, oh, I'm never going to remember this. But um, do you think it's because like, you know, the average 10 year old when they see something that's, you know, uh, maybe somebody says something that really hits them the right way. You know, even at that age, they're like, oh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Whereas. We're like, yeah. oh, that's dope. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I think I feel like I have this. I have this huge fear that anyone outside of the country that isn't real familiar with, even though you know, I mean, come on, we're the we're freaking North America, but I mean, so everyone knows who we are. But I think if you don't have a lot of familiarity with like um, North American pop culture, I don't want the Catch Me Outside girl to be the representative. Oh, I don't know her name Lord now. She's like bad. Geez. I think. Did you know? Because you know, she has like a rap. Yeah, you know she got a record. Dude, deal, yes. Right? And I think they're calling her like Bad Baby or oh, something like that. God. I don't want Bad Baby to be a representation of the intelligence of this country. You know what I, I mean? Would, you know who I want to be the representation of the intelligence of this country? There's two people. Three. Number one. Go ahead. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Number yeah, two. That's, that's a good one. Number two and three. The Heroes of Noise. Ladies and gentlemen, you listen to it right now. What are you talking about right now? <laughs> hey. <laughs> Hey, dude, here's something to think about, though. You were just talking about how... <laughs> I Notice I'm just going to glaze over that yes, one real quick. You're going to be like, anyway. <laughs> just like my eyes did when you said that. Um, hello there, everyone. Ladies let's talk about some. Let's talk about some contact information real quick right. before we proceed any further. Steve, do you mind? Let's do it. Thank you, man. Thank you very much. Hey, everybody. How's it going? My name is Dan, and this is uh, one half of the Heroes of Noise, and I've got some contact information for you. Uh, would you like to reach us? Perhaps send us a little email or something like that to make our spirits rise? Because it does, believe me. It really does. Um, you can reach us at heroesofnoisepodcast at gmail.com. Perhaps you have something on your mind. Maybe you want to you wanna hear us talk about something like that. Or maybe you just want to tell us to go to hell and get off of the waves of your phone. You can do that too. But I really wouldn't because we're not going to listen anyway. Nope. Heroes of Noise is going nowhere. If you want to reach us at Twitter. You can reach us at, at Heroes of Noise. You can reach myself, Dan, at Dan Q Public. And you can reach my friend Steve at SE underscore Hudson Music. And now, yeah, formerly with dots. I'm so, There's fucking dots there, dude. I'm telling you there were. There were not dots, dude. There were dots. It, it used to say it was S dot E. I know because it. But you, anyway. Because you had it written down like that. Maybe I just did, huh? Maybe I just did that one time in the show notes and it just you just never caught on That's to it or something. I don't know how you could never have heard this, but anyway. That so is so funny. We're rambling. Wait, did Voicemail, Steve. I think you did. I really, really think you did. <laughs> because how would they find you? It was in the you know what I need to do? Well, I can't now because you've changed it. Yeah, At least I, I think you've changed it. But oh here's what I think. They found us. They found me through you or through the the, the, the word podcast. I think you changed it. 
how would I change when you changed your your I don't even know what it's called on Twitter but it's not your actual profile it's what you're called you know what I'm talking about like yes. like that's when I think you changed it. but okay, and I think you maybe, did it inadvertently maybe or, I'm 100% positive of this because I'm not oh, a crazy person wow 100% 110% positive that's fair that's Don't fair. mess with someone that's 110 percent positive. I will not. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'll and I'll thank you for not allowing me to do that and prove you wrong. So, <laughs> because there's plenty of time for me or you to prove me wrong, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about voicemail real quick because I'm not done giving you all the contact info. Steve and I are all over the place today, but we're gonna we're gonna lock it down in just about five minutes here. But voicemail, ladies and gentlemen, you can do that too. You can leave us a message and we'll play it on the show because we love to hear your lovely voices. We want to hear the people that are writing in what your voices sound like. I think that's always interesting to me. I have certain um, uh, expectations of what I think you sound like. I would like to hear your actual voice. So it's been laid down. The offer's been laid down. You could also, ladies and gents, subscribe to us. Subscribe to our wonderful podcast, would you please? I mean, just take the time and do so. You can do so on iTunes. You could do it on Stitcher, Google Play. Do that. And while you're there, if it's not too much trouble, would you be so kind to leave us a review? That would be fantastic. For those of you that don't understand how this works, the more reviews we get, the more noticed we get through iTunes. And you know what? It would make me so happy. It's my birthday. I'm going to work this one because it is my birthday coming up. I would like to see at least one review because that's the closest that we're going to... Not the closest. What am I trying to say? It's. I want to get closer to becoming on a new and noteworthy. Wouldn't that be dope, Steve, to have that? That would so be amazing. on a new and noteworthy podcast. Amazing. But we need you folks to help us do that. So please... Stop on by iTunes, stop by Stitcher, not the same. However, they both have places you can review. Do us a little favor. Say a little something about the show. Let us let, let the world know what you think and help us get noticed, all right? There, I'm done. Ladies and gentlemen, can we give an applause break for this brother Dan? We're about to get on track right now. And the first thing I want to ask Dan, there's only one question I have for Dan, and it has about three or four different aspects. Dan, what have you been watching, reading, or listening to? You know where I just came from prior to us having this conversation, this podcast recording session? Where? I caught me some Thor Ragnarok, my man. And let me tell you what. Uh Uh-huh. Let me tell you what. I like to... My son and I... I sat with my son, and we like to rank the Marvel movies after we're done. Uh Thor has never, ever been part of the ranking system. I didn't care for Thor. I didn't care for Thor. Was it the Dark World? I believe that's what it was called, the Mm -hmm. Dark World. They were never on my radar. In fact, I didn't even like Thor until he came out in the Avengers. That said, Thor Ragnarok is in my now in my top three, possibly top two Marvel movies of all time. No joke. And I think that after writing that, you know that wave you get when you come out of a movie and of you're course. like, you know, you're thinking about it and yeah. you want to tell everyone about it. Um, what a perfect outlet for me to do so. I think that I'll still feel this way in a couple of weeks. Dang. I'm thinking about going to see it again tomorrow. Dang. That's how much I liked it. The movie was great. Um some highlights were the character. The Hulk is outstanding in this movie. Um, I don't really want to give any spoilers away, but the Hulk is kind of a scene stealer. Um, Valkyrie. Oh, God. Tessa Thompson, who plays Valkyrie, is also a highlight in this movie. She's great. You didn't see Creed, did you, Steve? I have not seen Creed, no. She is the love interest in Creed. Um, she was also in, I believe, Dear Black People, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. And anyway, Tessa Thompson's great. She's a gorgeous girl. She can act her ass off, and she looks really good while she's doing it. Isn't so. it Dear White People? Dear, What did I say? Dear Black People? Yes. Sorry about that, my friend. I was about to be it's like, I'm people. offended if that's a movie, but go on. 
No, no. Well, actually, that's a whole. Other, that's that's the that's the show I watch. Steve. Oh, I that's your if show. You, okay. I'm yeah, you 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 can watch that other show. I'm no, I'm just. Kidding. I think it was made by <laughs> Trump. That's his. That's what. He, that's his everyday tweets. Dear, <laughs> dear, <laughs> dear black people, here's my insults for the day. Anyway, so, so so in your opinion, this okay? If you say it's second, what is your first? I didn't know. I don't know what your first Marvel movie number one is. I'm gonna give you my top three right now. Oh, I can't wait. Do I want to go in any particular order? Or should I just give you yes. my top three? Because I'm still I'm still kind of processing that okay. right now. Um, but I can tell you that the original Guardians of the Galaxy okay. is one of my all time favorite Marvel movies. Now, see, before today, it was a really really hard like like Winter Soldier was up there because it was different than the rest of them to me. It was more like an action movie, you know okay. what I mean? As opposed, to, I mean they're all action movies, okay? But it was more like um. There was not so much like supernatural superhero stuff going on in this one. You know what I mean? Um, I'm just going to go like this right now. Here's my top three. Guardians 1. Oh, wow. And now I'm going with Spider-Man Homecoming. Okay. And then I'm going to have to go with Thor Ragnarok. But now I didn't go one, two, three on there. Because honestly, uh, (laughs) I'm thinking Thor Ragnarok (laughs) might be my favorite right now, dude. I'm serious. That movie's pretty sick. Dang. It's pretty sick. I really Dang. liked it a lot. And you know what was good about this one too? It was it was like a, it could almost be classified as a comedy. Like there was belly laughs going on in this movie. Dang. Very very funny. Very entertaining all the way through. The acting was great. I've always had this thing for Kate Blanchett. By the way, I, oh I, I did I not know, know this. I always had this crush on her, man. And this movie did not make that go away. I'll just say that. So. She was great in it. Maybe not necessarily the best villain of all times, because okay. my best villains would have. Let's let's talk about that for a second. Uh, villains. Do you have any like favorite villains? Um, I would say my favorite. Okay, mind you, dude. In the Marvel universe, by the in way. In the Marvel universe, um, I mean, it has to be because my favorite Marvel movie of all time is Blade. It still is really Blade. of all time. Easily, yeah. Yep. And this is before Marvel Studios took over too, right? Yeah. It, I don't I don't know exactly when that. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. But I have to give it to Blade only because it was such a it was crazy for me. Like I'm like, "Oh my gosh, man." I mean, at that point, I hadn't seen a black superhero, really. And so for him to come out and be acting a fool on cats, I was like, "Yo, this cat is legit." And I mean, Deacon Frost was legit. He wasn't no joke, man. Deacon Frost was dope. I'm going to have to go back and watch that one to be fair so we could actually have a conversation about this because I'll be honest with you. It's been over 10 years since I've seen Blade. I couldn't even really. I couldn't even tell you the plot. That's how long it's been. That beginning shower scene when the blood starts coming out and then people start eating each other and all of a sudden you see Blade that come on. Like a person's like, please help. And he's crawling, 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 crawling. And all of a sudden he runs into these black boots and he looks up. <laughs> it's so dope. It's so dope, Jay. I'll tell you what, I'll go back and I'll watch it. We'll discuss. So I and th- I'm not I, saying I'm going to debate you. Totally I'm just saying it. we'll discuss. Totally yeah. understand. I think my favorite Marvel villain. Huh. That's a, that's a, um. That's a good question, dude. Um, cause, like, what did you think of the vulture? Oh, uh, Keaton? Yeah, I thought Keaton was pretty good. In, in he Homecoming. was good. I he think was, vulture was, he was menacing looking. 
he was good. Only yeah, he had the menacing feature, or well, the way he did his thing was like so human. He wasn't. I knew what his motivation was. There wasn't just like a why is he doing this. They really set it up saying he's doing this for this reason. When you see his, when you see certain things, you're like, oh, without this thing, he wouldn't be able to do that thing. He has no other thing he could do. So I don't want to ruin it for people, but I would say his motivations are the best. But is he the, do you have to have a good motivation in order for, to be a good, uh, a good villain? Or can you just be a villain and no one understands why, you know how people are just like, I want to destroy the world. And when they're like, but then what? There is no then what? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> do you think you <laughs> haven't really thought about it? I haven't it. really gotten that far. Do you think that the, is the motivation part of a person being a, or a, a anything being a good villain do you have to have a good motivation or can you separate the motivation and just say regardless of his motivation that is an awesome villain because if if you if we're saying regardless of the motivation i mean ultron then now see i thought ultron was weak i thought he was well, he was probably my least favorite villain to be honest with you but he the thing is he can get into anything what can't he do his the, his ability as a villain is unmatchable. He can get into the computers. He can just go into different electric. I mean, what can't he do then? How do you stop him? I mean, they stopped him, but theoretically he could just be unstoppable. Sure. And his whole technological advancements and how fast he could learn things exactly. and adapt. And, and change. No, I get that. I'm talking about James Spader Ultron. Well, he, they kept on doing his mouth like Ultron. I don't know why they did that. Because when they did his mouth and his facial figure, I'm like, now I can. And that was, remember, that was the that was when Blacklist was like big. And so everyone knew how James Spader's talked. And so when you saw him on the movie, you're like, oh, man, that's like he's even doing his mouth like <laughs> James Spader. And, and now that I'm thinking about it, too, like I've given you my top three. It's weird because I don't know if it's just because as time goes on, you know, you've seen these certain movies so many times because it used to be one of my all time. And it still is up there is the original Iron Man. I love that story. I love the the introduction of Tony Stark and just how he, you know, how Downey just completely owned the screen during that movie. But who was the villain? The, in was it uh, Iron Man? Yeah, wasn't it um uh 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 what's his name? Obadiah Stane was his name. Yeah, I'm not impressed. That villain was not dope. I mean, Jeff Bridges was a decent villain for Iron Man. However, the big thing with Iron Man was, oh my gosh, we're getting an Iron Man movie. Remember the the, the uh, clip they put in Comic-Con when no one had seen anything? And so you see Iron Man doing all this stuff and all of a sudden you see the, someone shoots a missile, he dodges it and he shoots those things back at the tank and it clips on and explodes. Everybody was like, oh my God, we're getting a real Iron Man. So I think it was that thing that was like, oh, this is about to be legit, you know? I always thought that Iron Man's out, uh, his costume, his uniform, whatever you want to call it, his armor, was the dopest since I was a kid. I loved oh, looking at the comic good. books of that. I, you know, I, I I never really followed Iron Man too much, but it was just he just looked so awesome yes. that when it finally came to life, oh, it was so dope. I love how they I made loved, a, a smart man a superhero. He has no other gift. His gift is smarts, just like uh, Bruce Wayne's gift is being a billionaire. However, one of them is actually something that, you know, a person can, oh, you could aspire to be a billionaire, but you could also aspire to just be super duper smart, you know? And that's what, that's what Tony Stark's gift was. He was super smart. His only superhero power is his wisdom, how smart he is. He's just smart. 
Whereas, you know, it's just like Ben Affleck, or not Ben Affleck, but Bruce Wayne, his gift is that he's a billionaire. So he could buy anything he wants and use it to his advantage. Mind you, I would rather aspire to be a Tony Stark where it's just like, you don't have to be a billionaire, but if you're really, really, really smart, you can do the Tony Stark thing, which is why I love where it's like in the beginning of Iron Man, they took away all his money and put him in a cave. And he was still able to use his smarts to do something awesome in that cave. So they just didn't give him, well, he's a rich guy with a bunch and he's smart. So of course he can, no, no, no. He used what he had and then flew out of the freaking cave or got away out of the cave and flew away. That's pretty dope, G. I don't think you're giving Bruce Wayne enough credit. What else does he have? I'm going to go ahead and say that. Well, you said he's just a rich guy and that's That's how he's doing this here. But what about all of his training with the League of Shadows? Okay, dude, here's what I'm going to ask you. If you put him into a cave like Iron Man, is he getting out and how? Hmm. You know, that's the thing is that he's got Alfred. Thank you. That means you need to be rich enough to hire a, not only a butler, but a butler that's fairly smart and able to do these things. I think that Tony Stark completely wins on the intelligence scale for sure. And that's a big one. But if you got these two guys drunk at a bar and, and shit went down, I'm thinking Bruce is going to take him. Not a chance. Not a chance. Tony Stark can just, he can literally summon his suit. We're not talking about suits. We're talking about Tony Stark and Bruce Wayne are in a bar talking smack to each other. And it goes down in the parking lot. But that's not a fair fight, though. That's not because that's not that's the thing is, uh, Bruce Wayne has been honing that thing that he can only hone. You know what I'm saying? That's what he has to do. He has to hone his fighting ability. Whereas he's like, I agree okay. with you that it's not a fair fight. That's what I'm saying. But I'm saying that. No, but that's his fighting ability that he's been honing. Whereas Tony Stark is like, my honing gift is being able to summon this machine on demand. So now let's go. That's my gift. Your gift is you had to learn how to fight. I'm so smart. I didn't have to. My machine fights for me. Then we get. Batman versus Iron Man. Who wins? Oh, it's not. Okay. Okay. This two different things. Number one, does Batman know he's fighting Iron Man? Sure. Then he wins. Why? Because you'll be prepared. Bingo. If he doesn't know, Iron Man beats him. Because he doesn't know what's going to be coming at him. Bingo. And the thing is, you we don't know what Iron Man has in that. We don't know anything, everything that that suit can do. Iron Man's suit learned Captain America's fighting skill. That means he could learn Batman's fighting style. All right, you got a point. You got a point. Let's get let's get back to what we were talking about before, Steve. What else we, got, have you been we, we went adrift yes. there. What else have you been watching? Oh, last night I watched something that was uh, on recommendation from a couple of people. There's uh-huh. a coworker by the name of Mary. Uh-huh. That uh wanted me to watch something and it was also suggested by our good friend Pat Houlihan. Okay. That we watch this movie entitled Your Name. Mm-hmm. Steve, have you heard of this movie? Uh I have not heard of this movie. Tell me something about it. All right, Steve, I'd be happy to tell you about it. Your Name came out in 2016 in Japan. It was Japan's highest grossing movie of the year. Mm. Thing is, about this movie, it was, let me see, I believe it was called Kimi no Nawa would be the original title of okay. it. But, you know, us Americans, we don't know how to say that stuff that well. Not. We butcher it. Yes. So we call it Your Name. And um, what this movie is about, it's actually an anime, animated movie. It involves two teenagers, one by the name of Mitsuha and the other one by the name of Taki. At first, it starts off what I was thinking is just going to be one of those uh, switched bodies movies. Yeah. You know, you wake up, 
suddenly uh, you're you're a girl now you got yourself a willy and uh, all hell breaks loose and wackiness ensues i was thinking that's what it was but this is not what it is steve this movie's about two teenagers and it doesn't even really matter that they're teenagers but i'm i'm throwing it out there cuz they are they wake up in each other's bodies and they think they're dreaming but this happens over and over and over again until they finally start finding out that this is in fact really happening and they start to leave each other messages okay. uh, maybe writing on writing on someone's body you know so they could see it the next day or writing a text in, texting into a phone or writing into a journal or something like that and they start to put it all together half they, they go on this they want to find each other is what it is they want to try and find each other and it turns out that there's not only distance between them but there's actually um time in between them and i'll leave it at that interesting let me just tell you what dude i'm not an anime guy okay, okay. I, there's a few anime movies i like i was very big i liked death note um going back in the day I liked Ninja Scroll, um, but uh, you know, Ghost in the Shell. But that, but that's kind of it. Like, I really don't have a lot of anime experience here, so I'm not going to sit there and talk about this is out of all the anime movies, this is the best one I've seen. But what I will tell you is that it is the most beautiful anime movie that I've ever seen. I'm talking about the animation itself. Um, this movie was awesome just to look at. You could turn it down and just watch it, and it's it's a beautiful movie. Uh, but the story itself is great. It was it was a captivating movie. I really liked it a lot, and I actually want to watch it again just to kind of pick up some of the things that I missed on. Uh, even more important, other people are feeling this way about this movie too. J.J. Abrams, a couple months back, announced that he is actually, he won the rights to this movie. Oh, wow. And he's going to be turning this into a, a uh, live action picture. So I'm hoping that he does it justice. I'm hoping that he keeps it in Japan and I'm hoping that he doesn't whitewash this movie. I, I feel that there's a lot to be lost if they do this, much like there was with Death Note on Netflix. So hmm. I recommend you watch this. You sound very high on I this movie. I really do. I really liked it a lot. And I'm over here. I wanted to start talking about it. I'm like, but I don't want to give spoilers. I got to get better at this not giving spoilers shit. But I got to tell you, folks, if you are even remotely interested in, in anime or just a really, really good story, check out your name. It freaking blew me away. Loved it. So... Yeah, that's my feelings on that one, sir. Dope. Thank you. So your name coming out November 7th. Check it out from Dan. What else you've been watching? Upon your recommendation, I watched 1922. You were talking about that one. Ooh-wee. You had mentioned to me that there was a really disturbing scene in this movie. Dude. But the thing is, as I'm watching this movie, the whole fucking thing is disturbing. Like, I... I was trying to figure out which disturbing scene you were talking about because there's so many disturbing scenes in this movie. I I liked the movie. I didn't think it was a great movie, but I liked it. Uh, It held my interest the entire time. But you're right. There was a couple things in that movie that are going to stick in my head for quite a while. (laughs) Um, Folks, if any of you have seen this movie out here, if any of you have you watched 1922, which is uh, based on a Stephen King story, excuse me, Based on a Stephen King short story, by the way. That was almost a tongue twister. Um, the scene with the cow, gee, that's going to haunt me for a while. The noises, I don't want to say, I don't want to put this into context of what, but there's a scene with a cow in this movie. There's a couple cow scenes, but the, the, you'll know the one I'm talking about. It's going to haunt my dreams, man. It's going to haunt my dreams. It's just, for me, it was the, there's a person looking skyward. Not looking, but facing skyward when someone looks down and I was like oh my god in the same vein as the of the cow right like the same yes yes, the same general area oh my god that one got you huh it was ill but check out that movie people because I mean 
If anything, it's a Stephen King. It's it's Stephen King, and you know you're not gonna lose. It's a it's a good flick. Um, I like Thomas Jane. He's legit for me. I think he's having a good time doing some interesting parts, and so check it out. Please check it out. Thomas Jane was the uh, the main guy, right? Yes. He had a bit of a Carl Childers thing going on, wouldn't you say? Carl Childers from Sling Blade, like the way he talked. He had a, he does yeah. have that little uh, yeah he does have that gr- that gravelly voice and. Um, he certainly wasn't like yes. a mentally challenged guy by any means. In fact, he was quite the schemer. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's very, he did. very that, manipulative. That, oof. The murder scene, bro. Jesus. Thomas. Oh. What else was Thomas Jane in, by the way? He's the mist. Yes. yes uh, Punisher. Oh, that's Punisher. right. That's right. He was the yeah. Punisher. Yes, sir. Oh, wasn't he also in Hung on HBO? Yep. Hung was a great that show. That was a great show. Yeah, that's right. They and they ended it way too quickly. They did, but uh, yeah, I almost didn't. I mean, I knew him, and I was watching it, and I, quite honestly, I was taking care of my of my wife as we were talking about. Mm-hmm. So, whereas I was paying full attention to it, for some reason, it wasn't sticking that that's who it was. And I kept looking at him, going, "Man, he looks really familiar." But it's also the way that he plays this character that made him seem so different. I think yes, this was very not Thomas Janey. I thought it was it was a very a change in pace. I thought the pacing of it was interesting, only because, I mean, it's not a it, it's not a horror movie so much. But it kind of um, is. But it's, it's just kind of is. Yes, I, I just I mean there, that was one of those things where I just couldn't take my eyes away from it. I was intrigued the whole movie, even to the end when the when the credits start going. You're like, oh my gosh. That was it. It's another one of those movies where you don't really want to talk about anything because it's a spoiler. the way that it ends up, it's too big of a spoiler. Yes. But, yes. Uh, oh, also, so see it, yeah, everybody. Also, Thomas Jane is also going to be in The Predator that's coming out. The, the 2018 oh, that Predator should be that's coming out. It's in post-production right now. That should now. be interesting. So, yeah, I'll check that out. All right. He's a good actor. He's a good kid. What? Good egg. He's good. What else you been watching, brother? Um, You know what? It was kind of a, it was sort of a slow week, but of course, we should talk about Stranger Things. I finished that up. Season two of Stranger Things. Uh, You know what, Steve? I loved it. I didn't want to say too much to you. I know we kind of talked about it a bit, but we were keeping it to ourselves so we could talk about it on the show. Um, I loved it. I think that it, as you'd mentioned last time, you'd put it in such a perfect way that I thought I had to bring it back up. But, you know, there is that whole lightning in a bottle theory that you brought up about how can you you capture it again? You know what I mean? And I, if you were going to ask me, tell you what steve ask me which season of stranger things do you think i like better go ahead and ask me steve go ahead go ahead what's what season of stranger things dan do you like hmm, that, better? that's a great question steve and let me think about that yes. for a second <laughs> i wasn't expecting that um let's see i'm so on the spot right now i'm gonna have to go with stranger things one just the regular stranger oh, things God. because you know what you just totally fair. because as we talked about it it definitely it came out of nowhere and it did spark nostalgia and I think that nostalgia is a huge thing that that right now, you know, it's nostalgia is getting to be a character in a movie, much like how it was where all of a sudden we're no. But like, you know how we went through the whole zombie phase for a while and yes. then it was the vampire phase. They tried they mm-hmm. tried to do a werewolf phase, but for some reason, it's just never quite popped the way that it should. And I totally think that it should. And we'll get there one of these days. I think that the main character in a lot of movies now isn't so much the characters as much as it is nostalgia. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it, for instance. Yes. Um, there's a show that's coming out 
that Seth Rogen's doing called Future Man. And that's got, oh, wow. that's got, I don't, we'll talk about that another time, but there's a lot of nostalgic things going on in that one too. Um, what was the other one that I wanted to say? That's why I jumped because I didn't want to forget. Um, I'm partially through the book. Well, even Red Oaks, Red Oaks on, on Amazon Prime, it's based in the 80s, around the 80s, where it's just like, oh, every, you know, the songs you hear, you're like, oh, I love that song. There's a book so, yeah. by Ernest Klein called Ready Player One. Have you heard of this? I heard about that book and it's going to be turned into a movie. I liked it. Um, on the cover, it says that it's uh, Willy Wonka meets the Matrix, which I don't really get that at all. Wow. Uh, no, it's not. Don't don't take that. Don't don't listen to that at all. But it was a good book. It was very entertaining. I'm saying it was and I'm actually not all the way through it yet, but I've been entertained by this book. Um, I liked it. But if you look at the preview for the Spielberg version that's going to be coming out next year, Nostalgic Allure. You can just sit there and count Easter eggs left and right in that movie. So I, I think that that's just a new thing. Everything's going to be nostalgia right now, you know. But getting back to Stranger Things, um, they did. They were uh, they were able to make that happen twice. Their soundtrack is amazing. I love the soundtrack in that way. And sometimes that can just that's all you need to get put back into a place, you know. Um, I liked the characters, not all of the characters. I thought that there was uh, one in particular that didn't need to be there, although she did end up serving a purpose. Um, referring to the character of Max. I wasn't really a big fan of her at all. Um, Mm -hmm. But it was good to be back with the kids. You know, it was good to see Will a little bit more. Um, And then speaking of nostalgia, we got a brother Bob, Sean Astin. And it who <laughs> that was so wild, man. You know what, man? That was very surprising. I really like Sean Astin. Um, I'm not a Lord of the Rings guy, but I loved him as Samwise. Um, you know, we let's go with let's go way back to Goonies. I just think that there's something very, very likable about him. And when I saw him at first, I almost forgot that it was there. And I was like, oh, this guy. And I don't even know why I took that initial reaction with him when I first saw him. But I really think that Sean Astin was probably the MVP of this whole entire run. Of oh, that's two. interesting. Yeah, I loved really? I loved his character. And, um, well, I don't want to say too much about that for those that haven't seen it yet, but I really liked his character a lot. Um, what did you think? I did like it. I liked the, I liked the second season. I thought it um, started off a bit slow for me. Um, I agree. It started off a bit, um, like, I was like, uh-oh. Like, it had me at a few points where it's like, uh-oh, like, the credits would roll, and I'm like, ugh. Then the second episode, the credits roll, I'm like, <laughs> And I think things started really ticking up, started ticking up once a certain creature is um, revealed. That's when things start kind of getting back into let's have fun again, or, you know, let's get back into our groove. They found their, their, they found their groove right around a point where a certain creature is revealed to have been captured. And um, then it's fun. I love how Steve turns out to be a really cool guy from last season. You would never expect that. Steve turned out to be really cool. He did have a bit of a comeuppance in this one. You're right. There's a connection with him and somebody that it's just like, wow. Yeah, an unexpected I wouldn't have bond. expected that to happen. Yeah. Yes, I and too. I really, really enjoyed it. I'd expect it. I thought there was going to be a point where a, an une- the unexpected bond kind of, he says something mean, and so then they have to reconnect. You know how they do that. He goes off on them and they're like, oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said, I thought they were going to do that thing. And they just didn't. They bonded the end. And I was like, I really like how that happened. Um, they, they both had amazing re- hair. They did have amazing hair towards, <laughs> towards the, end. the end. right? Um, I I like how there's a point, um, this is getting into the weeds, but I like a, a signal they, they sent. 
Uh, there was a point where Steve was really into a certain person. The person wasn't into him. And he immediately was like, okay, it's okay. I love that. Where he didn't try to, I'm going to win her back and I'm going to make her. Li-. No. He didn't become stalkery okay. or anything like that. Yeah. He just was like, all right, cool. You know, and they tied it into a certain thing where he kept on tell- telling his friend that he bonded with. He told him a certain quote over and over again as far as women are concerned. And so he was faking it himself. And it was just everyone that's watched it knows what I'm talking about. He had to make himself take his own advice, you know, put on the brave face. Uh, Millie Bobby Brown was was uh, she was good as normal. I love the way her and Stephen Harbour had a really cool relationship going on. It was really fun. They never drifted into the point where. Uh, you're not buying it. I bought it the whole way through. Um, again, Mad Max, the Mad Max character was a little bit, uh, I don't know if they were saying, look, we're going to put Millie, Bo- Millie Bobby Brown in a, in a, in a tangential, in a tangential, uh, a side, uh, plot. And so we have to have someone that's kind of like her, but not at all into the crew of boys. So let's just pick this girl and put her in there. Maybe that's what they thought. It didn't really work for me because I was, um, I kind of thought, you know what, because here's when I knew that it wasn't working for me. When uh, Eleven showed up and and at the there's a point where Eleven showed up at a gymnasium and I got really excited. And when nothing happened, I was like, oh, we're stuck with her, I guess. Right. You know what I'm saying? I guess this is what it's going to be. That's when I realized, oh, I really wanted to see Eleven in the crew. She did. Things did end up whatever. I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but it's, it it did end up kind of solving that problem for me. But even still, I would have rather um, her been there. But again, um, again, I I think that they for a lightning in a bottle, they duplicated it as best as anyone could. There's no one that could have done it as good as this, in my opinion. I think they did as well as they could. You're, you can't be expected to duplicate lightning, lightning in a bottle. That's just not something that you can do. Twi- not many people. There have been certain directors that have been able to do it. You know, when we look at um, the Terminator, that's not a normal thing. That's not something you could normally, you're normally able to do. Alien, you can't normally do that. So when, when, when we're talking about you can count them on your fingers, how many times someone has been able to duplicate lightning in the bottle, and the fact that they got so close... I got to give those brothers props. You know, I got to give them props for being able to even, um, A, a lot of people would have just said, let's go into movies. Let's not even do this again because you're kind of risking terrible disappointment. And the fact that they said, no, 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 no. Let's try to, let's try to tackle this thing again and do it just as good. I have to give them props for even trying to do it. You know what I'm saying? So the Duffer brothers aren't like you would expect them to be older. I was thinking they were a little closer to our age, but they're younger than us. So they really didn't even have that 80s experience. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, that's so, true. But they were able to capture I, it very well. How old are they? I'm thinking that they're in their 30s. Mid, not like like young 30s. So they're 30, 34, 35. So they are. they were in the 80s. They remember that. I think a lot of their... Um, Stronger influences would have come from the 90s. Maybe. I mean, that's that's just me. You know what I mean? But just thinking because. Well, but my sister is the same age and she loved the 80s. The only thing they're pulling from the 80s is the font, the, like the actual style of the words in the beginning of Stranger Things. They're pulling the hairstyle. They're pulling some of the lingo. The music. Everything else is not. 
the the music is that's a cakewalk. You just look at what's popular back then. They're not really doing. They're doing the '80s thing. That's but but they're doing the obvious like the obvious '80s thing. It's not like they're actually they they have they did nothing to the point where they had to be alive for that. Then why did it nah. work so well for them and not for others that try to capture that? Um, because it's the story. That's it. I mean, it's got to be it's right? the story. But these that's all it is. The story is and mind you, it was also lightning in a bottle. No one knew that they were looking for kids to be this cool. And look, and it worked for it too. Now, one thing that they did, and I don't know if they mean meant to do it. They didn't rely so much on the. Um, they didn't rely on the dialogue, the cool dialogue the kids have between each other so much this time around. And I don't know if they meant to, because if they would have relied heavily on the dialogue that the kids had between each other, it would have totally hamstrung them because of how good Stephen King's It recent movie, their dialogue was so good that it's hard to do that now. But they didn't rely on that. They relied on the story, which was so smart. You know what I'm saying? There's there's actually one part where uh, someone's actually looking for a certain thing in a, in a junkyard and out of nowhere, you, you a twist happens that I did not see happening. And I was like, oh, snap. It had nothing to do with the dialogue. It's just like, no, 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 no. What they did was, which was really cool, they took it full horror. They said, no, we're not going to be cute about this anymore. They took it full horror movie now. There's a part where someone, when people get attacked by what they get attacked by, it's not cute any. It's no, no, no. We're going all the way, and I think that that was a smart move. Um, as the kids get older and as the, these these creatures get more vicious, yeah, that's going to happen. The only thing, one thing I did not like, and I won't ruin it, is um, I don't like movies that were just like, uh, uh, say, I, sh- uh, you know, there's a zombie. I shoot it at the end of the movie. The zombie opens his eyes. Aha! I don't like that. I'm like, well, then, yeah, that's what, what you're just all you're going to do is. But he's alive. I'm like, but wait, what? <laughs> then what was the point of all that then? I gotcha. No, he's still here. I'm like, OK, whereas if you um, I've seen some movies where, like, say the zombie, like hypothetically, the zombie's not alive. He did kill all the zombies. However, at the end of the movie, you see somebody crazily driving a truck and they knock over some um some radioactive goo and it pours into a river and then the movie goes off. You're like, oh, I get why now this thing might continue now. Not one of those things where, but he missed. I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> come on. But other than that, I totally was satisfied with this with this season. I didn't expect to be after the first two episodes. I was totally satisfied and I would recommend people watching it. I would definitely recommend people checking it out. And I give props to the Duffer Brothers to, for even pulling it off. Much props to y'all and much props to the kids that played these parts and um, and much props to even the, the um, girl that played Mad Max. It's a tough, those are tough shoes to fill and she came out and she did her best. So more power to her. That's what I wanted to go back over for a second here because I said I didn't necessarily care for Mad Max. Yeah. But I think that it has a lot to do with the situation. I mean, this girl came in to, I'm not sure, again, you don't want to give too much away here, but for the sake of this, to fill a void. Um, a big You one. know, we had a certain, dyna- yeah, a huge one. And we had a certain dynamic that was going on with the original cast in the first season. Millie Bobby Brown yeah. being, you know, kind of the focus of all of that outside of Will. But Will wasn't even in it for that much. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> That's the thing. Now, Will's in it all the time. It's still revolving around Will. And it's, you know, you still have, you still have Eleven in it. 
almost every episode. I believe she was in almost every. Yeah, she was in every episode. Yeah. But it's it's but there's a there's a huge void there that I don't want to really give up. My point being is that they had to put her in. They had to put this girl that plays Max in to fill that. Mm-hmm. That's not an easy thing to do. They needed to put her there for the dynamic of that group of people. And so she's working against being compared to Eleven the entire time, even though she's not trying to make herself like Eleven at all. If that makes any sense, I totally get that. I mean, she's got her she's got her own story arc and everything, but yeah. we've now taken a favorite character from a favorite group of people that mm-hmm. the public love. Mm-hmm. They've 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 switched it around. I know us and our freaking spoilers. There's, we should eventually just go into the spoilers, but not for this. Not for this. What what I'm trying to say yeah. is that they she had a lot to work towards, and maybe I didn't necessarily give her that chance but she wasn't 11 you know what i mean exactly <laughs> there's and i think that you know rightfully so i do think that she might have been and maybe it's just her lines maybe it's just the amount of time that she had on screen i felt she was the weakest character out of all of them i, I think it was tough because they put her in a situation to be what they did was okay 11 was a certain way let's make this woman or this girl i uh, gotta make uh got to make this girl the opposite of 11 and maybe people won't make the connection. Maybe they wanted people to make the connection because if they didn't want people to make the connection, they would have just chose chosen perhaps a, um, in, uh, maybe a, uh, an Asian boy. Cause then it's just like, well, he's not filling anyone's shoes. This is just a new different person, but they chose a girl. So they kind of want you to know we're filling those shoes with this person now. You know, this is now a person that is going to kind of fill that little gap. What I'm very interested in is because um, it's obvious that uh, it's not going to be a hunky door relationship between Eleven and Mad Max. And so no, I'm, I, I'm really looking forward to what they do with that next season uh, um, if they decide to have a next season. Um, but I, I think that if anyone is on the fence with watching this, which is probably not our listeners. If you are on the fence for watching this, I would say give it a shot. Watch the whole season. There's only, what, nine episodes, 10 episodes? Nine, I think. But watch the whole season and then don't skip any. Just go through it and um, uh, and see for yourself what you think of it because it does become, it's an easy watch. There's nothing that you're going to be like, oh, crap, I must have missed that. No. It's an easy watch. You could just sit back, chill, and watch it. And I think that you will be happy that you did, in my opinion. Because I went into it thinking that it wasn't going to be that great or expecting it. Be like, oh, I don't know if they're going to be able to re- duplicate this. And um, I was happy. I'm, I'm happy with what they did. So um, I'm eager to hear what exactly the listeners think about this show. And if maybe my expectations made me like it more. I especially want to hear with about listeners who actually were terribly looking forward to this, like could not wait. How did you guys come out of that? Or um, ladies and gentlemen, how did you come out of this show thinking? Did you say it met your expectations or would you say I shouldn't have gone in so pumped? Please let us know. Hey man, uh, sticking to the stranger things topic for a little bit here. I want to talk about the dynamics of characters and like, you know, versus First season versus this season. Mm-hmm. So in the first season for me, it was very all. It was all about Mike and Eleven. Uh, Mike being played by Finn Wolfhard, who's a freaking. I love this kid. Yeah. Do you like Finn? I think this kid's going to be great. I also think Millie Bobby Brown's going to be great too. We'll see what happens. But for now, they're popping big mm-hmm. time, and they're they're great characters. I love that dynamic between Mike and Eleven. That's pretty much what it was all about. So this season, 
who do you think had the strongest dynamic out of like a you know a, a group of people or two characters or three characters whatever who, I, who do you like, think who, had the strongest dynamic are you asking who who had the strong... who did you feel for the most like who what what hits your heart the the best oh the little know? brother it's not even close the the, the little... uh the um you talking was... about will yes it's not even close that's who I felt for the most. He was trapped in a body, and I especially felt for him when there's a part where he, uh, someone's doing Morse code, which means, oh no, that means somewhere in the, that just broke my heart. So Will was the person I felt for the most, no question. And his this kid's been through hell. He literally was the shining star for me in this in this season. His his acting chops, I bought it. When he, I mean, there's times where he was screaming and I bought it totally. So I think he is the shining star in this season. Everyone else just reprised their role. This kid just came out of nowhere and just did a beast of a job, you know? And that's a really good point. I mean, he didn't have much to do last season. Nothing. He was always in the upside down. Everyone part, just you know? reprised and said, this times this and I equals next season. This dude, I don't know. <laughs> they literally said, oh, yeah, the thing you did last season. Yeah, we're going to have to ramp you up about 140% because you're going to be doing nothing like what you did last season. He was the one that changed the most. Everyone else just reprised their role. Lucas kind of softened up a little bit. Lucas, uh, you know, because now they're a little bit older. They're in the eighth grade now. And Lucas... Uh, is get, getting some feelings now. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, he did. I loved his he sister. He wasn't quite his so little angry. His sister was a star. His little sister was hilarious. She was a yeah, star, she was great. Man. They're going to do more with her next season. Obviously, they found something She's where they want to so they want to expand on her character. She was hilarious. She's so good. But yeah, though he was a star. I mean, Will just dominated. Everyone else was 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 like a fallout from him. He I re- dominated. For me, I think that the dynamic this season that I really liked the most was actually between Eleven and Jim Hopper. Really? You know, I really liked how they played off of each other. Um, there were huh. some scenes where where Eleven is not happy with him. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're they're trying to establish. I mean, he's he's essentially taken on. I don't think this is really spoilers, but he's sort of taken on a uh, a father figure type role for her, and him just trying to be that person when he's got so much to deal with and how he's, you know, worried about her. And I, again, you can't really go into too much of it because that's a huge part of it. I really like that char- that whole setup of and where it went and how it ended up in the end and uh i, I like that a lot it was very very touching to me at the end when that little special thing happened with uh hopper and 11 that's cool well for me it would be those two if they were together more they were only together a few episodes and the rest of the time she was with home folks i i thought that was a point those episodes could have just not existed yes i was going to talk about episode seven i don't know why they did it we were talking about beforehand how there are there's quite a few tropes in this season. And Ooh, you know, I have yes. to go back and actually watch that. But this one seemed very trope heavy for me. And I feel like they weren't done unintentionally. There's a, a point between um Jonathan and Nancy. You know, their their story plays out a little bit more in this one here. And there's a scene where that you've seen a hundred thousand times in movies, <laughs> in romance yeah. movies. Yeah. You know? Um little resistance there and in, in giving into something um, also. And folks, if you've seen this, you know what I'm talking about, but you've seen that scene a thousand times. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a scene where uh, getting back to uh, episode seven, 
where they're kind of toughening up Millie, or at least making her look toughening up. They're they're making Eleven look a little bit tougher. And they go into like a bit of a montage. And then there's a scene where they're the same scene where they're like walking around a corner in slow motion because they all look tough now. You've seen that before. And I was watching it the first time and I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, this is pretty cheesy. Like this is what I'm not liking about this season is that they're they're using a lot of cliches. But then I started thinking about it and a lot of these cliches are from 80s movies. So I'm thinking that was a Duffer Brothers nod to the 80s again. So for some reason, I I forget. I've forgiven those and I wouldn't normally do that with movies. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. When I see something that's done over and over again, I'm like, oh God, this one again. For some reason it worked, but it was very noticeable. You're yeah, I I think you're giving them the benefit of the doubt. I'm I'm not going to assume they meant to do it. I think it was just You don't a, think so? Nah, I think it was just a trope that people fall into. That's it. I think it was just a trope that people just fall into. And maybe so. It wasn't bad. I mean every I think every every show has them. I, I just think that they just fell into one. That's it, in my opinion. Now, if you're giving them the benefit of, no, they're so good that they meant to do that, I totally get it. I just don't know if I'm going to give them that. I think it was just trope. What they were doing was very, I mean, like I wouldn't be surprised if like Katrina in the waves walking on sunshine comes on and it's, it's that, it's exactly. that montage where, where, you know what? I'm going to get you. We're going to do a makeover on you. And yes. Then walking on sunshine comes uh-huh. on and it's like she, the character comes out and they're wearing like, you know, maybe they got on some big sunglasses and a wacky outfit and the yeah. person watches like, nah, nah. So then they go back in yes. and they come back out again. They're wearing a bathing suit, maybe some different sunglasses and a big hat. Nah. And then they find, you know what I'm saying? They finally come out. It's like, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. I wouldn't have been surprised if that scene would have shown. That's up, you know? the but thing. Again, if that happened, I, like I would those, know they meant to. The particular cliches, tropes, whatever, what have you that they use to me, I've seen more so in eighties movies than I've seen in other movies. That's so fair. I, and that's what that's why I'm saying that. I think that that's what that's you know, totally fair. I, I feel like the Duffer brothers nodded to that, but that's just my opinion. Okay. What do y'all think? Let yes. us know. Let the heroes know what you think. Heroes of Noise Podcast at gmail.com. Yay. What else you been watching? You know, actually, that's pretty much outside of watching, uh, you know, this, this, well, no, again, um, the Orville, I always watch the Orville, but it's been a busy week for me because my wife had surgery. So I've been rearranging my schedule, my normal watching habits uh, for the week were all sort of put off because I was doing double shifts and whatnot throughout the week to make this time off work well for me. So this week, not a lot of watching, but um, actually I reread something. um, So I thought that we could talk about it. I reread God Country. Because yes. it's a very short read. And yes. I want to know what you think about that. But there's one other thing that I saw that I wanted to know what you thought. And maybe you've seen this trailer. Uh, I just saw this. I heard about this movie, but I saw the trailer today uh, for uh, opened up for Thor. And it's called Downsizing. I saw that. Starring yeah. Kristen Wiig and Matt Damon. Uh-huh. I don't know what it is about that one. I, I kind of think that, that that one held my interest a little bit. I think that that, that could be pretty funny. I don't think it's going to be a game changer. But... Have you thought of that? Have you seen that movie at all or that trailer? Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think George Clooney directed it. Yes, I believe is that right? George Clooney. If my memory is not crazy, I think George Clooney directed Downsize. Um, Interesting. I, how does that make you feel about that? I mean, Are you a I, love, fan? I love Clooney, but I don't, from that movie, I, I think I'll wait. For, I'll probably wait to DVD it. I'm just. Oh no, that's and that's understandable. That's yeah, totally I'll wait to DVD right it. I'm not gonna. I'm not even yeah. sure I'm gonna go, but I found it highly entertaining. Yes. The trailer. Yeah, I, I think that it'll be good. Either either 
me watching it in a theater or waiting for it to come out on DVD or, you know, streaming or whatever. I think I'm looking forward to seeing that one. And I think it has a lot of the, uh, it reminds me of the informant, you know, Matt Damon's other role in the informant informant. He, he has that thing. That's what it reminded me of. But, um, again, I, I will watch it probably on DVD because I can watch Matt Damon do his thing. He's fun to watch. I like Clooney's directing. So I, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely watch it. Yeah, for sure. Actually, it was directed by Alexander Payne. Oh, really? Yeah, and writ, uh, written by Alexander Payne and Jim Taylor. I don't see any. I'm looking on IMDb. I see nothing regarding George Clooney. Oh, snap. So I maybe, might be crazy. I think you are, sir. Oh, it I, also has Christoph. Chris no, you could be. There could be some kind of relation to, you know, he could be in there somewhere, an executive producer perhaps, which I... Don't really see anything here, but it's got a pretty good cast. Matt Damon, your man Christoph Waltz is in it. Now that's going to be interesting. That's uh, going to be Kristen Wiig, Jason Sudeikis is also in it. I like Jason Sudeikis a lot. Um, I won't. I'll probably rent it for sure. Because I, I mean, I, I, I like. I really do like Alexander Payne because he he writes. If I'm not mistaken, he wrote one of my favorite movies of all time, uh, Sideways. He he directed that joint. He did. Actually, they mentioned that. They said from the creators of Sideways. I love Sideways. I love Sideways. However. I I liked Sideways. Oh, dude. (laughs) I think you need to watch it again. To be fair, I sit and I watch it anytime it comes on. Like if it's on and I'm flipping through the channels, I'm going to sit and finish watching pretty much from any point in the movie. Of course, dude. But yeah, it's a DVD for sure. For sure. DVD rental. You know, lastly, the newest thing, Stephen, and I'll be done. I'm going to turn it over to you, sir. Is something that, and this is, I'm going to, I don't really want to make this sound like an ad because it's definitely not, but I decided that I'm going to try out Comixology Unlimited. Okay. You know, um, why? As with most things, you get your, you get your first month free because I like to read comics and I don't get a lot of time to go into the comic store and, and, you know, peruse the aisles, if you will. That's fair. Um, So, for me, for my schedule, it tends to work a little bit better. I don't have a lot of room where I'm storing my comics these days, so just picked me up a new iPad and mini. This big money cat, G. Hey, it's my birthday present to myself. I feel like yes, I deserved it. I was of a course. good boy this year. Yes. But that's going to be the place where I'm, that's usually where I'm doing most of my reading, most of my, you know, viewing. Uh, anytime now, I'm trying to watch as much, te- I don't think I've ever watched as much television and as many movies and read as much in the last, my entire life as I have in the last like four weeks. Wow. For the purposes of this show. That's dope. No, I mean, seriously. Yeah, I love it. But I'm really, I'm like, my brain is like trying to process all this. Like, wow, that's a whole lot of information because, um, you know, word fans, if you're out there, that was like consuming me for the last, like uh, from June to September, it was nothing but preacher for the most part. I lived it, breathed it, smelled it, everything. So it's nice to really just like open up the gates and see what comes in. So I'm, I'm checking it out, man. It's love. I'm loving it. I'm like an empty sponge that's getting filled up. <laughs> So. But what's cool about that? Hey, but what's cool about that is it's like five ninety nine a month, and uh, for instance, you loaned me Lock and Keys first. Mm-hmm. Book. Now, thank you very much for that, by the way. And I just started reading that. I don't have any comment on it yet because I'm not that far. But that's one of the books that's out there that you can you can borrow, as they say. So you you know you don't you don't keep it, but you can read the whole thing, and it's it's unlimited. You know you can. There's so much on there just from me looking on. I just started it two nights ago, and. Um, I'll let you know. I'll give you my review of Comixology Unlimited as we go along here. But so far, I'm happy with it. Dope. So that's Comixology. Can you just and you just go to Comixology.com to do this? How do you do this? 
Well, I did it on my app. Cool. Actually, there's a there's a Comixology app, but then they're also tied in together with Amazon. So you can use your Amazon account and put all your payment information in that way. And that becomes your membership. And anything, you would actually turn me on to that Kindle app where you can read comics as well. So anything that you download into your Comixology app or your it will go into the Kindle one as well. Um, it's all kind of tied together that way. But so far, so good, man. The You know, I was looking at the, I actually compared the graphic novel that you loaned me of, of um, Lock and Key and I just downloaded the sample just to see how it would look on there. It pops a lot better. It's it's just prettier. You know what I mean? I know that some people like to have the physical comic in their hand, but for me, this is working perfectly. And I will let you know my full review as I, as time goes on. Me, uh, I'll give you three things. Um, number one, I watched um, on on Netflix. There's a movie by Ben Stiller called While We're Young, um, and it was a fun movie. It's with Ben Stiller, Naomi Watts, and Adam Driver. Um, it's an interesting story about he, Ben Stiller's a documentary film, an up and coming documentary film director who finds this young protege, and the protege really wants to be like him, it seems. And Ben Stiller, in a way, with his wife, his wife is Naomi Watts, and they've been married for a while, and this new couple. Adam Driver and Amanda Seyfried, they kind of have this really cool, you know, on the spur of the moment groove thing. And Ben Stiller and Naomi Watts kind of miss that. They kind of want to be young and cool again. So it's their story about how they're trying to navigate being young and cool and making a documentary and this person trying to be like them, that whole thing. But it takes an interestingly dark turn later on. So I liked it. I'm sure a lot of people probably have seen this, but if if you haven't seen While We're Young, check it out. It's a very interesting film. If you like Ben Stiller, you'll love this. If you like Adam Driver, you'll love this. If you like uh, Naomi Watts, she doesn't have a big part, but her part that she does have is very good. Um, we always loved, we always obviously love to see Mr. Um, what was his name? Charles Grodin. Because I remember him from like Beethoven. <laughs> so it's fun to see him back in action. So check it out if you have a chance. So that's While We're Young on Netflix. It's free if you have Netflix. So check it out. It's a cool, quick watch. You could turn off your brain for a bit, but boy, does it get dark. So check it out. Hey, Steve. Yeah. You were just talking about Adam Driver and Ben Stiller being in that, right? You said Affirm. Adam Driver's in that as mm-hmm. well. They're also, I just saw them, and I didn't really pay that much attention. I'm actually going to go back and watch that. There's something that just came out on Netflix starring Adam Sandler. It's got Ben Stiller. It's got oh, Adam yeah. Driver as well. I, the, yes. the, uh, I believe it's the, the Myrowitz stories. Yes, yes. Myrowitz stories, I believe is what I'm it's about called. an hour in on good. that. Yeah, I'm about an hour uh, in Dustin on that. Hoffman, mm-hmm. right? Dustin Hoffman's yep. in it. So is it worth my time? Should I go back and watch it? Do you like... It, 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 it really depends, dude. Um, you have to like that style of directing. Yes, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> and yes, I do. Yeah. Okay, well, then you'll love it. Yeah, You'll so it's it. worth my time. Though. Yes, totally, totally. Um, I, for me, that whole, it takes me a weird, it takes me a while to get used to that whole thing because a lot of people like the slow, quirky thing and I'm kind of sw- slow, quirkied out. But while we're young does that, they do do that slow, quirky thing, but I could only stomach it for as ugh, for a while, man. A lot of dialogue. Well, not even that. It's 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 the it's the 
how do I even say it? It's the independent film aspect, that little thing that they do. And if you like that, then you'll love it for sure. Then I'm going to check it out. Um, it's over. It's settled. <laughs> Other than my normal flash, um, obviously I'm going to watch The Good Doctor I picked up. I like it. I watched, and I'm just flying through them. I watched, um, I'm back up on Supernatural, all that kind of stuff. But I did read something that I wanted to discuss with you. Uh, well, God go. Country. Yes, we were just talking about God Country. Please. What, what say least, you? Let me... No, I want to know what say uh, you. I okay. When I first started to read it, God Trunk Country is an interesting story about a. I'll um, break it down. Pretty much okay. Comics. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna ruin it. Ruin it. But there's gonna be some spoilers dropped in. Um, it's about an older man who has uh, Alzheimer's and he's getting taken care of by his son. One day there's this huge storm, and in this storm, a sword gets given to him somehow miraculously and with this sword he has all his memory back and i'm gonna leave it at that and through this this story it shows him with this story he can't relinquish it because if he relinquishes he goes back to uh not being able to remember anything he everything goes without this sword. now this sword is a sentient being it's pretty much he's every sword every he said he's every blade that's ever fought in every war and like at the very moment when he's talking, he says, I'm fighting battles as we talk right now. And That's I feel the fear. I feel the fear of every person holding these blades. I understand that they're scared, but they don't understand that once I'm there, they're going to do just fine. That whole thing. And the sword, by the name, by, if I may, the sword's name is uh, Valofax. Yes. And it's about there's gods looking for this sword and it's about these gods coming down, trying to take the sword from this man who will not give it up. Why? Because yeah, it's not just because he feels like he needs to keep, he has to keep it because he's a, you know, I like the sword. He just understands that if he gives this away, he's also giving away his family pretty much. He won't remember them because when he gets this sword, it's as if it's like brand spanking new life now. And there's certain things that start coming back to him. Oh, they were there in the hospital. Oh, but in the immediate, it was almost like a snap of a finger. And the last thing he remembered was the time before he had Alzheimer's. That was the last thing he remembered. But slowly things start coming back to him. So I would say, I think this, I remember talking to you this week about this, this, this comic, this graphic novel. And I was like, I think it has a deeper message there. You know what I'm saying? And did you, you said you didn't catch any deeper message at all? No, no, no. I didn't say that. I mean, I feel like the whole thing, I don't want to step on what you're saying. You know what yes. I mean? But to me, we'll tell you what, I do have comments on this, but please, why don't you go ahead and let me know what you're saying and let's see how, how close we match up. Okay. Unless um, you want me to speak. No, I please. No, I want you to tell me what you thought it meant. Like to you, what did you get out of it? To me, the whole thing just comes to family. I mean, it is very, very family based. Um, holding on to family is really what it's all about for me and holding on to what makes you whole, which equates to family. Um, it seems to me like, uh, do you happen to know right offhand the the, uh, the author's name? It's just not coming to me. But the author of the book, uh-huh. I, I wonder if he's lost, had some significant loss in his life. That's what I'm, yeah, that's a good question. I wonder if, if Alzheimer's, has affected his life in some way. You know what I mean? Cause that yes. was the first thing I thought is, did he lose somebody? 
and this is who he's writing it for. Did he lose his father? Did he lose his grandfather? And and this is the this is like a, a catharsis for him. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Writing this book. Um but it's definitely the uh it was Emmett Quinlan, I, I believe is the name of the uh the man that has Alzheimer's. Yes. And he's the one that goes off on this adventure. Emmett's struggle is that it's almost like you said, it's it's like as if he was living, he hit pause, something hit pause. And, you know, 10 years go by, He's uh, he now has a granddaughter. And he wants to be with his granddaughter. Yeah. He wants to get this, he wants to get the relationship back with his his son and his and his uh, daughter-in-law. So, again, he's holding on to family. Yes. Um, he had a significant loss in his life where he, um, spoilers, he loses his wife. Mm-hmm. And at, at one point in time, he meets up with her again. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. Again holding on to things he he does not want to he his family's what made him is what i think and and it's like he's get, suddenly giving it all back but he's got this this huge choice to make do i just walk away from it and everything goes back to normal and these people continue to live their lives the way that they have been mm-hmm. or do i hold on to valifax which is by the way is like this huge 12 foot it's 12 foot long this sword um do i do i hold on to valifax and just see what happens. Do I do I fight whatever comes at me? Do I do I possibly lose out anyway? Oh yeah. But I'm going to do it. But I'm going to do it for the sake of my family because I think that now that I, you know, me and Quinlan, I think that I would much rather have this and have all my family intact and happy again, not suffering from what I put them through. I would fight for all of that to keep my family the way it is. I just kept thinking family, family, family. The entire time that I read this book, I just kept getting the feeling that the author lost somebody. Interesting. And this was his way of dealing with it. Yeah, that's how I took it. And I found the story. I don't know about you. I've lost some people in my family. I'm not going to make it all sad or anything mm-hmm. like that. But I've lost people yes. you know, recently over the last five years that I would do anything to have back again. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It kind of hit me that way. I think that's why I like this book so much is because it had to deal with, with loss and what you would do to get it back. That's really cool. So, okay. See, you're going to be like, yeah, well, okay, Dan, here's where I tell you, I thought it sucked. No, (laughs) no. Um, My (laughs) review of the book, I liked it a lot. I thought it was well done. Um, What I got from it, I I took it as a, in mind of letting go, actually. I got it as a, a I thought it was a symbol of letting go because from jump, he can't leave his father. And there's a million reasons to leave. Everything. There's a million reasons to leave his dad in a, in the care of someone else. And he just can't do it. He can't leave him. And there's a point um, where the, the, the sword comes, his house is destroyed, and he puts together, he puts the house back together with the sword, right? right. This house, reass- this, this sword reassembles his house. But there was a door that couldn't open, that wouldn't budge, yes. that was always jacked yeah. up. He made the house exactly back to what it was. So that dad couldn't let go and neither could the son. They wanted exactly the way it was. Everything is exactly the way it is. And this is what it is. I'm not going to make this house any different than what I remember. I'm not going to even make it better. And so as the, the, the story progresses, there's a point at which um, the dad can relinquish the sword. So he gives it to his son. The son then takes it and lets it go. 
meaning he can let go. Because the thing is, what the father would do is take the sword and do exactly what he's been doing. Because this is this is how I like it. This is how things go. But the son's like, no, take the sword. And he didn't even keep the house. He's like, and skip the house. We're done. It's time to let it all go. Whereas the dad did the exact opposite. I don't want to be like him. He, you know, it was the son's way of saying, I don't want to be him. I love him, but I don't want to be him. I don't want to hold on to this freaking house to the God knows when, God knows how long. I don't want to do that. I have to let it go. And even though, you know, there's a point where someone asks, are you sure about this? He's like, yeah, it's time. He never asked what happened to the sword. He didn't ask anything. He just left. So for me, it was a story about letting go. Moving on. You don't have to be. No, your- I like I like that. I like that a lot. I mean, I think that we're kind of hitting it from yes. similar um, outlooks. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I think that we, we have we're we're very much in the same area. Oh, definitely. But we're hitting it from different areas. Totally. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm saying about like you're saying, you know, it's about letting go and not wanting to let go. Yes. That's what I was getting at. The moment that he lets go of that sword, it all goes by. Everything goes back to normal again. And he wa- he didn't want to let go. True. He wanted to. But in your case, what you're saying is that you believe that letting go is the... Is the Central the, theme. The main, the central theme, right? I exactly. think, yeah, for me, it was a letting go was because he just could like the, the wife was even just like, we have to leave. No, I can't. And finally, he's like, I have to. You know, the only thing that reminds him of his father is that house. And the house, they made sure to make it so that, no, 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 this house is exactly the same as when your dad was in it. To the door hinges being kind of off and not letting you open it. And he still was like, yeah, I got to go. Got to go. Yeah, and there was a reason that he actually liked the house to be that way, why he built it that way again, because his father. Yes. He remember, I remember he said that. He said that my father built this house with his bare hands. It's not perfect. But he every nail and every board that went into this house, he did Exactly. And the thing is, he died, uh, or I can't, hey, it's a comic. He leaves this um, mortal coil um, believing that, I believe that he believed his son was going to do exactly what he did. Well, here's the sword. And his son was like, I love you, Pop, but no. He didn't tell him that, but he leaves and literally lets the sword go. He does. Damn, that was a good book, man. It was a good book. And so he leaves. He's like, look, I can't do what you did. I got to do my, I got to live my life. And so I'm not going to do what my, your dad did. And then you did. I'm going to be the person that says, nah, I'm not going to do that. And uh, I thought that that was so freaking good. That's why I, I, you know, when I was done reading the book immediately, I was like, I think it's deeper than, you know, that it was such a, and, and also again, I, I took another thing from it. They kept on reiterating, saying, I don't even know if this is true. This is just what my dad told me and my dad's dad told me. And now I'm telling you, do you think it happened? Or is it just like, are you saying that or it's just like a um, kind of like a family urban legend kind of thing? Yes. Did it even happen? Because he kept on being like, hey, look, this is just what my dad told me. My dad's dad told him and my dad's dad's dad told him. That's all I know. And now I'm telling you. That's a good question. I'm really not sure. I mean, I would say for the for the purposes of the comic, yeah, I think that it 
it happened. Interesting. See, I walked away you not know. knowing. I didn't know. Or is it maybe just that wise man that's trying to give you some? some that's what I took it as. That's what I took it as. And that very well parable it too. Yeah. What I like. What I like about this is that this book has. There's much to be interpreted. Obviously, totally. I mean, we're 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 taking it from two different approaches, and um, but it's very well written. Uh, Donnie Cates is yes. actually the author of this one here. Um, I recommend you folks go out and check this out because oh. I think that it's it's an easy read. Uh, I we I mean I. How long did it take you to read that? Maybe an hour? Maybe, yeah. Hour and a half, something like that? Yeah. Uh, very good. Very touching. And um, Take your time. Yeah. So for, take your time, read it, and it's very well. It, the illustrations are beautiful, very good. too. So, yeah. yeah I, so I if it. you, you know, I like it. If you're into that kind of thing, folks, this is the book for you. Check it out. Yeah. Again, it is called God Country, written by Donnie Cates, and I think y'all are going to enjoy it very much. Totally. And one last thing about it. What what makes me think that is maybe a parable only because they're like, and what happened to the sword? Don't know. Okay, yeah, I think it's a parable. <laughs> that's that's what I just thought about. I'm like, he's like, yeah, who knows? Who knows? I'm like, oh, that sounds like a parable. What happened there? Who knows? But Valifax did because he said that once he let it go, the sword just he never Took saw off. it again. But, but he also said that Valifax was. It chose the owner. Totally. So maybe Valifax just went off to some other True. dimension. To, I don't know. I'd like to think that even though it's a freaking comic we're talking about. But I would like to think that if this was a real situation, that it would be real. Oh, I like the story. But that, yeah, that is what, ladies and gentlemen, check it out. That is what we've been uh, watching, reading, and listening to. And uh, now we're going to get into a few things of film news. And we're going to do something different this week, ladies and gentlemen. This is because of Dan's want. We're going to do a few things of Film Nude and get into game time. What is game time? You're going to look forward to it. Trust us. Stick around and you will see. So what kind of... guess what? What's up? Guess what? I got a little something that we... uh, I didn't want to skip it. We haven't skipped it yet, but I don't want to skip it. Oh, whoa. What What happened? We got another email, brother. I was wondering if I would be able to read that for you before we continue on. All right. This one comes from Melissa S. She is a listener that was uh, with us at The Word, and we are glad that she followed us over. And she sent us a nice little letter, so I thought I'd read this to you. I always say letter, like they're like we're you still using postal service. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, she sent us an email. Ladies and gentlemen, here it goes. It says, hi, guys. I like the new show. That's always good, Steve, right? That's always a good way to start something off like that. Um, it says, I'm excited to hear what you all discuss next. Now, she hits some points here before I go into this here. I, I like where she's coming from here, and I like her philosophy on what she's about to say. All right? I'm going to say that. It says, I did want to say that in regards to Harvey Weinstein, I believe the method for consuming his previous work is going to look a lot different than the method for consuming Bill Cosby's, Chris Brown's, etc. Because Weinstein victims... Excuse me, because Weinstein's victims are a part of that work. The women that Harvey preyed on were targeted because of their involvement with his artistic properties. These women deserve our support. They were forced to sacrifice massive parts of themselves to create these Weinstein movies. And it is for that reason I believe that we should keep watching them. We can only hope that justice will be served and Weinstein himself will see no more profit from the movies he created. But the women he victimized don't deserve to have their hard work shunned on top of everything else that they are going through. That's my take on it. I know I'm trying to make more of an effort to watch movies, specifically with his accusers in them, regardless of production company. Thanks for reading, Melissa. Thank you, Melissa, very much. That's an interesting angle. What do you think about that? Huh. 
I mean, I kind of see her point. You know what I mean? Because they were victimized. And when you're not in that right mind and you think that what, everything that you've been working toward is going to be, you know, stop in the blink of an eye. Mm-hmm. You make this decision. Now, whether or not people think that it's right that you made this decision or, or wrong, the decision is made. But a lot of these people that are coming out, you know, I mean, I would assume that they're all generally good people. And they found this major roadblock in the, in the, in the way of what they needed to do. And, you know, for whatever reason, they either did or they didn't do that. Some of them were obviously just harassed, you know. But if you blame Weinstein for everything... And you and you stop watching these movies. You boycott these movies just on the point of Weinstein. What about all of the other people that are involved with that movie? Okay. Is it fair? All right. I will say El Following. I love Melissa's point. And it's a valid point. Um, I would say I would, what I'm going to do is, like Melissa says, it's a great idea and I think I might take it up, go out of my way to watch all the films that had that situation attached to it, who he, you know, he forced them into or tried to force them into doing something and I'm going to try to support those uh, movies. It's just going to be, I probably still won't watch Weinstein's movies only because I know what he did to get them out. And, um, until I'm going to ask you something. Yes. On that, on that thought, I didn't mean to break your stride, but I wanted to know something. So let's say, um, it gets established that Weinstein will no longer profit from his movies. He's, he's been removed, if you will, from any, any chance of ever making any profit on any of the movies that he's ever put out. Therefore, he's just Harvey Weinstein now that is hopefully yes. rotting in jail. So yes. Does that change your opinion? Oh, Totally. If there's proof that he will never, if there's no way that he can, he can actually make a profit off of his movies anymore ever again, well then perfect. I will probably um, go ahead and watch it. And again, I'd want his brother gone too, because he tolerated for a long time. I want him gone out. I want him gone too. So. I agree. Yes. I agree. That's a fantastic point, Melissa. Thank you so much. Hey, I tweeted out a thought the other day. (laughs) And I really do feel this way. I feel like 90 to 95% of Hollywood are just absolutely shitting their pants right now, taking note of anything in the past that they may or may not have, that they may oh, have done. Oh, totally. I guarantee like, you. Is this going to come back people, and bite me? Oh, dude, I guarantee people are just like quitting. You see how people are stepping away from things? Yeah. Such and such stepped away from this. Such and such stepped away from that. Like, oh, I see what's going on, bro. Yeah, people should be. I'm glad they're afraid. They should be. Yeah, doggone right. How excited do you think, like, young, up-and-coming, like, filmmakers, anyone in the movie industry, where they now have a chance because so many people are stepping away from these these positions? Yes. It's like they're just... They're, sort they're of waiting like in the wings. The slate clean. Yes. They're waiting in the wings. Thank you. They're, they're and th- they're ready to die. They're ready to jump on that. Oh, because they were saying this person has been a terrible individual for so long. Finally, he's gone, and maybe I have a shot. I hope it goes that way. I mean, I don't know, man. This whole the thing that's rocked me most—not rocked me most, but um, surprised me very much. So, even though some people, like for instance, Seth MacFarlane, I don't know if you saw that little clip where he, he mentioned did. this years ago. Mm-hmm. 
the Kevin Spacey thing's blowing my mind for some reason. Yeah, it's. I think it's just because I loved Kevin Spacey so much. Mm-hmm. I loved Kevin Spacey movies. Um, some of his characters are amazing. Um, even like what was that movie? Um, oh my god, the Midnight in the Garden of Eden. Oh, you like that? that one? Yeah. I liked his character in that movie. No, it was a long-ass boring movie, but I loved his character in that movie. Uh, let's talk Kaiser Sorce. You know what I mean? Fantastic. Let's talk yes. House of Cards. Yes. You know, all these things just kind of go away now. <laughs> yes. I wanted to talk about something real quick before we move along here. Do you think it's fair that Kevin Spacey... Okay, I'm not defending Kevin Spacey, okay? Or any of these other people right yes. now. I'm not. Yes. But I wanted to ask you a question. Do you think it's fair that some of these people that have not had a trial yet are getting this type of treatment where they're getting wiped out of Hollywood and becoming pariahs over social media. Um, but the, but there is another half to this though. See, I personally, I, I, it bothers me a little bit, but at the same time, a lot of these people are self, they're stepping down themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm not even going to argue the shit. Like, I'm just, just, just please pass me by. Um, it doesn't bother me. It sh- maybe it should, you know, especially, you know, being a person of color, you should be worried about accusations going out there. And next thing you know, you're buried underneath the prison. Um, but it doesn't bother me with these guys. It just doesn't, you know, it's fair. It should. Fair. And like, but I, it doesn't mean I mean, I'm not, like I said, I'm not defending them, but there is such a thing as innocent until proven guilty. That's true. Uh, so yes, just, I get you. It's a hot subject. Man. I just it's don't, subject, I literally but... don't feel bad about him at all. Well, no, and neither do I. Yeah. I mean, I really don't. I really don't. But I just, it was just something that I thought of. Like, totally. is it fair? Yeah, totally. I mean, I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling sympathy for these guys right yeah. now. And quite frankly, like I said, if they're stepping down, most of them are stepping down themselves or like, I don't even know what the hell Kevin Spacey was talking about where he, his defense uh, yeah, was that, yeah. well, well, now I'm, I'm gay. gay. Yeah. yeah. Well, it seems like you were gay back then too, but that doesn't make it any better. He's garbage. Do you know what I'm saying? Yep. Uh, yeah. He's, he's, he's trashed himself, you know, but. I don't know. It was just a thought. I didn't know if you had anything to say about that. So swing and a miss, I guess. <laughs> no, I said, no, I said, I don't feel bad. That's it. That's literally, I, I mean, that's I, a, yeah, you gave me an answer. Yeah, I you should, an but I don't again, you know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That was an evil laugh. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Pictured you like tying someone to a railroad track. I know right there with, or, or me rubbing my fingers together. Twisting your, your uh, waxed mustache. mustache. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And that that brings us to an awesome point where Dan and I give you some news. What kind of news do you have for us? Amazing, life-changing, oh my goodness, swerve off the road. I can't believe I just heard this news. All right, let's see. Where do we start? A few things I took out here, and I'm going to throw these at you and see what you think. Lord of the Rings, the TV series, mm-hmm. is in the works right now. Yes. According to Variety.com, Mr. Hudson. Mm-hmm. Amazon and Warner Brothers are in talks right now to develop a series adaptation of Lord of the Rings. Looks like Amazon has actually won this out. Were you a fan of Lord of the Rings, the movies? They were good. I I don't think I was a fan like everyone else was, though. I don't know necessarily yet if they're trying to do like a series that's going to tell the story all over again or if they're just trying to stay somewhere in that realm. But I think that if it was, in fact, it was trying to tell the story of, you know, Lord of the Rings, the whole trilogy... I think that it would be kind of cool to be done in a series because those movies were really long for my taste. 
And I found myself losing steam watching the movies as they went on. Not necessarily because the writing became bad. I'm talking about the individual movies themselves were a little long for my taste. So they seemed a lot longer than they actually were to me. And I think that being done in little hour time slots and getting the whole story done could actually be pretty awesome. You know, I, I think I, I would I would probably wait and, wa- and and wait for like someone like yourself to say, hey, it's worth your time. That's what I would do. Because it's one of those, I like, I mean, I liked the movies okay. Is it going to be worth me watching every week? I would have to wait for you to do that. There's definitely some potential for me to be into it. Hmm? I think that I could take this with a grain of salt and show me what you got. If you can wow me, I'm all for it. Totally fair. Totally fair. I don't, I mean, I don't know if they can get to the level of Peter Jackson as far as how he, he just made beautiful movies. Whether I liked the movies or not, it's it's inarguable to me that they weren't beautiful movies. You know what I mean? They, they're just gorgeous. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that with Amazon and that budget, but I'm interested in finding out. They might be able to. I'm uh, Yes, I'm eager for to hear Dan's review and then say, hey, you should check it out. I don't think they actually have a, any type of like, a, I don't know if they're shooting for 2018, 2019. My guess would be 2019. Okay. But we'll see how it goes. Or very late 2018. That's fair. Uh, let's see what else I got for you, Steve. Uh, do you want to you know what? Let's do this. What do you think? I, I kind of like it when we go back and forth. Okay, it makes it keeps it interesting to me. How about when you throw one at me? What do you got? So, Jordan Peele is developing a Twilight Zone series. Nice. Come on, man. Come on, man. He's got his hands in many cookie jars these days, doesn't he? Well, see, I'm I'm afraid because it's going to CBS uh, streaming. It's going to CBS streaming and I don't have CBS streaming. And so it might be something where they're like, we're going to put so many good things on CBS streaming that you're going to have to get it. I'm getting very tired of all these streaming. So I realize their whole point of doing that. But come on, give me a break. I know. Can't we just all can't we all just come to some kind of union and, and just, you know what I mean? Like, hey, CBS, hey, NBC, hey, Fox, whatever. How about we all get together and make one? And maybe we'll maybe we'll get sourced by netflix or something like that i think i just want it there's too many how much money do they think i freaking make steve you know what i mean i can't uh, oh, we know afford you all these. get out of here i can't afford all these subscriptions is what i'm getting at man well and, you know i mean it's gonna end up being like okay well eventually you're gonna be able to cut your cord however all the streaming services are gonna add up to how much you were paying for cable anyway i'm trying to think what i actually watch on network television these days or actual cable let's say cable do you have any shows, any regular shows that you watch on cable? I watch a lot of regular shows on regular cable. So it's not something that you can acquire through Hulu or something like that? So like The Flash? No. Oh, no. I, I, I do. Does CW go on Hulu? I know they were at one point, but I know that they have their own streaming app too. But still, The Flash is still on Netflix. True, but I'd have to wait. This is true. Yeah, I'd have to wait and I watch Supernatural and I'd have to wait for that. So I was like, ah, uh. but then they have these other little price. What are they called? Um, what is it like? Say direct TV, for instance, they have a streaming service that you could do. And I'm sure other people's do too, but you can kind of like, you can't make it a la carte, but you can sort of piece together what you want to some degree, you know, and you can still have quote unquote live television without paying for the cable through this app. I don't think we're quite there yet though. I think there's probably too many restrictions that are, that make it, 
you can't get everything live. You know what I mean? If you're a sports fan, you can't you can't get your sports that way. From what I understand, without paying more money for it, it's just all about money now, man. I mean, the days gone are the days of of just turning on your television, being able to watch these things without some other predator like like Netflix or something coming in and just taking all the business away. I, I would personally rather not have cable. Um, I'm like it's me personally. I think the only thing that I watch. See, I don't care about watching it. Like if it comes on on a Thursday at eight. I'm not going to watch it Thursday at 8. It's pretty much a guarantee. I'm more of a, you know, for my work, it, it works better for me to stream these things. But yeah, you're right. I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to do something. If I'm trying to keep tabs on a show, I'm not going to want to wait the entire season for it to come out on Netflix. No, so, not even close. And I guarantee there's there's going to come a point where they're going to say, okay, everybody's cutting their everybody's cutting their cable. So let's just make the internet connection $110. $110 for the internet connection. And then you still got to pay all your. And then you stuff. still have to pay your other. Yes. Like that. Well, that adds up because they know that you're going to cut the t- cable, so they're like, okay, well then we're going to make up our money just on internet connection to know because what they're going to try to do is, oh, you don't want cable? Okay, well the package with just internet is 120. The package with everything with it is 130, and you're going to be like, well, dang. It makes no difference. Everyone's doing it now, and I just feel like of that's course. the way it's going to go, and it's going to cost too much damn money in the end. So, I mean, again, I'm, I'm, I, it's unfortunate, but, uh, all the cord cutters, it's going to come to a point where it's going to start adding up to about the same. In my opinion. What else do you know about this twilight zone, man? That's, that's pretty interesting. Um, the twilight zone, I think the, the big thing, like on screen rant, it goes on to describe how one thing that a lot of the twilight zones didn't have was how Rod Sterling would build in social commentary into a lot of the stories. People didn't really do that. Jordan Peele is. So that's going to be real fun. Is he going to be in the place of Rod Sterling? Like, is he going to be the one that's don't say that. They don't say he's going to be announcing. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if he is. I think just because he has such a knowing, such a um, recognizable face, I wouldn't be surprised if he said, look, let me put someone else in there just so I don't de- detract from what you're about to watch. People know me as a certain thing. So if I'm out there having some good evening, everybody, they're like, aha, there's Jordan Peele. What's he going to say? He's going to say something funny any exactly. second. He might yeah. end up making having somebody else do it. So I'm really looking forward to that. And you know I'm going to find a way to watch it. Oh, I'll definitely watch that, man. Twilight Zone's great. Did you ever see like the Twilight Zone movie that came out in the yeah, 80s? Yeah, I liked them. I liked them all. That movie scared me a little bit. I don't know why it did. I was a little kid. I, for some reason, it well, I think me out. a big thing was someone died on set, so that's kind of creepy. See, that was off my radar as a kid, but it was that whole. Do you remember that? Remember, remember that creepy kid that made the lady's mouth go away? Like her oh, mouth was yeah. completely covered up. Or yeah. even right at the beginning, it was the Dan Aykroyd scene where it's like, you want to see something really something scary? Something really scary, yeah. the hell out of me. Because my I didn't even know what I was walking into. When I my parents took me to see that, Twilight Zone really wasn't on my radar except for dee 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 I knew what well, that was. Well, I didn't like the, the something's on the plane, on the wing of the plane. That crap spooked me to piss out. Yeah, that was John Lithgow, huh? John yeah. Lithgow was the one. He, that, was playing, he was playing William Shatner's role. Yes, and he'd open the and that thing was all right in the mirror. I was like, "What a the deuce!" So yeah, I'm re- I'm really looking forward to it. I'm definitely intrigued. I'll check it out. What you what else you got, brother? Oh, I got something for you that's right up your alley, my friend. Oh, I can't wait. So it is no secret that you are a fan of zombie movies, correct? Ah, uh, yes. Well, check this out. 
George Romero, who created Night of the Living Dead, his son, mm-hmm. George Cameron Romero, uh, he's yes. been working on this apparently since 2014. He set up an Indiegogo campaign under the working title of Origins. And um, I read this actually on ain'tacoolnews.com. But um, basically, he's, he's making a movie that is called Rise of the Living Dead that he wants to make, <laughs> yeah, which is going to be the origin story of Night of the Living Dead. Yes. And the, what's cool about this one is that he's not trying to, you know, he's not trying to make it like modern zombies. He wants to make it the way his father would have made this movie. He wants to, like he said, it's like a love story. Actually, that was his line. It was a love story to his father. Which is, I love that quote. That's I think such so, too. a good quote. He loves his that dad. Is such, that's adorable. Yeah, I mean, I think that this could actually be pretty good. Um, I know that some of the other movies that were coming out, like, uh, what was it? Let's see, how many were there? Like, Return of the Living Dead. That was whack. That was very 80s out. Um, I love Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead was great. Are you talking about the James Gunn version? Yes, that was that really was good. Yeah, James Gunn's the shit, and I really like that movie a lot. That's the one that kind of brought me back into the Of the Living Dead movies. Um, very well done. You, you know what I loved about the the article? that I read about this uh, news earlier. What's that? The big thing that I took away from it was he made sure to make it known that it will not be a prequel. It will be a prelude. Yes. And I, that was so cool. And I was like, uh, and he, he goes on to explain a uh, quote. Um, this one is a prelude tonight. The film that created a pop. So is he, what he's saying is, it's in the this is showing you what happened. How did this happen in this world? I love that he was like, you know, he said a prelude is an action or event serving as an introduction to something more important. So it's not going to be some sort of the dead are already here. No, no, no. This is more of a uh how did we it's only George Romero's son would specify that. That's it. Have the you fact heard the plot? That he had to spec- no, I didn't hear the plot, though. Sounds pretty good. Would you like to hear? I can go ahead and read of that course. for you, sir. So this is when he was describing this outlined when it was um, called Origins from the Indiegogo account. He says, mm-hmm. Origins takes place in the turmoil of the 1960s, just before Night of the Living Dead, and explains how the original Romero zombie was created. In 1962, Dr. Ryan Cartwright was on the scientific and altruistic path to find a way for humans to sustain life in the event of MAD, M-A-D, which stands for Mutual Assured Destruction, a huge topic brought on by the Cuban Missile Crisis. Little did he know that over the course of the next several years of his life, he would take a well-funded and military-focused journey to the darkest corners of the world as he creates the ultimate weapon for the government and a curse that will plague mankind for the rest of days. Come on. I think it's going to be dope. So that's going to be so dope. Yeah, I can't wait for it, man. I think that's going to be cool. And I really like that his son's doing it as opposed to someone just trying to jump in there and and make a buck off the Romero legacy. No, he's he actually loves this property. So it's going to be amazing. I mean, if it's not it's not it's not going to be for, for without him trying. You know what I mean? Oh no, yeah, I cannot wait. I cannot freaking wait. You're up, Hudson. So- what you got? I think I got something that will even tickle Dan's fancy. Now, I specifically got this for you. Okay. Because I'm not a big a big uh, embracer of this property, but I know you probably love a short 
tiny, itsy-bitsy, small movie called The Goonies? I've heard of it. Yeah, of course I love The Goonies, man. Come on. Check this out. Like I told you, that was the first movie I kissed a girl in, by the way. I got affection for that movie. Donner said, Richard Donner, director, has said he is 1,000% certain it was going, that a sequel is going to happen, and Spielberg has even written a story for it. Spielberg. Oh, I heard you the first time. <laughs> <laughs> that I was like, oh, this is Dan's. And so Sean Austin says, quote, it's always possible. I will say that it's likely that it will happen. I don't know when, but I have always had confidence that the sequel will happen mostly because Steven Spielberg, from the time when I was a kid, told me he wanted it to happen and has never changed his opinion, unquote. I don't it's really happening. know. I don't know how I feel about this, to be honest with you. Oh snap! I don't really think that the Goonies need a sequel. You, you know, what? I mean, what are you gonna? What are you going to establish? They didn't lose their town. It was the town, I believe, right? That they were they were yes. getting ready. To lose. Yeah, they didn't lose their town. You know, um, what are we going to see? The the misadventures of Sloth. What Sloth ends up doing once he's raised in normal society. Um. No, I, I here here's one eyed Willie's. Get... What are they going to do with one eyed Willie's treasure when they find it? I mean, I just I don't know. For to me, it seems like it's going to be a movie that turns into our kids are on an adventure, and I don't really know here, how I feel about that. Here's what makes me feel happy, even though I'm not a big Goonies person. Here's what makes me realize that if I were an executive, I'd fund it because Sean Austin said when I was a kid. That means when they finished the movie, Richard Donner and Spielberg both said. There is more to this story that we want to tell. There's another side immediately after they were done. So it's not like they were like, what can we come up with? No, 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 no. He said from a child, he's like, oh, do I have a story for you? So that being the case, there is something else Spielberg wants to do. And Spielberg doesn't come up with bullcrap stories. They said he's already wrote a treatment for it. What is that story? I mean, the only things that are really saving me right now from just absolutely hating the idea is that Spielberg's behind it. And I assume that Sean Astin will also be behind it. I don't know. Though. I, don't, I mean, I, it's not going to be, gonna them. be cute yeah. anymore. You know, I don't think cute. it's going to be them. It's not going to be them. I don't think it's going to be them. I think it's going so to be, another, be another set of Goonies in another town that are trying totally. to or, face adversity. And I don't know. Because right man. now is the time. It. Stranger Things, we like kids having silly dialogue. When, uh, what other time, if not now, would a Goonies uh, sequel work? I get that they're striking when the iron's hot. Totally. But now what, would be at it. At what point, though, Steve, is it going to be where it's like, oh, well, this is just another movie with kids and nostalgia again? It's true. However, we said the same thing with it. I will disagree with you on that personally, because I, whereas I loved, I loved the book. I wasn't a fan of the 90s movie. I, I just love the book. You know what I mean? And, and the kids yes. the kids just happened to be a bonus for me. I wasn't expecting totally. a performance like that. And yes, they utilize a lot of, you know, elements from Stranger Things. But I just think that if they're not careful, it's going to bite them in the ass. Because at some point, people are going to get sick of seeing kids like that. In that totally type of true. a situation. You know what I mean? It's just going to become, totally again, true. it's going to become the next, it's becoming the next vampire thing. The next you know, zombie thing. Now it's just a group of kids facing the bad guy. And I just don't know how I feel about it. But 
if they if can sell me, can do it. Yeah. If anyone can do it, right. If they can, Hey, I'm not saying they can't be done. And, and you yes. know, he's, he's wowed me many times in my lifetime. So, you know, more power to him and let's see what happens. But right now, not super excited about it. Totally understandable. What you got? Well, let's see. Last week we talked about Shazam and yes. <laughs> Zachary Levi is going to be playing Captain Marvel. And I'm happy to say, for those that were paying attention to that, I was very confused for a second there because, yeah, I recalled that Captain Marvel was, in fact, Shazam. And mm-hmm. I, I'm happy to say that I was right about that, that they actually there really was a Captain Marvel in this there. And I believe that he's going to be referred to as Captain Marvel in this movie, but they will essentially just be calling him Shazam. So that's that. That's what I wanted to say. However, they have added to the cast and I thought I would let you know what's going on with that. So they have a villain now. Hmm. And the villain is played by British actor Mark Strong, who you may recall oh, as yeah. Yeah. Merlin. He was Merlin in Kingsman. And he was also Sinestro in the horrible yes. Green Lantern movie as well. But I liked him as Sinestro. So yes. I'm all about that there. I think he plays a good, he's he's capable of playing a good villain. He's got that look for it. He's going to be playing Dr. Sivana, by the way. He's Dr. Uh, Captain Marvel's nemesis, if you will. Okay. And then Grace Fulton, who you may, I have not seen Annabelle Creation yet. You said you have seen Annabelle Creation. Correct? I have not seen Annabelle Creation. Oh, okay. I have not well, seen Annabelle Creation. Well, if you do, you're going to see Grace Fulton in there. And she's going to be playing a friend of Billy Batson, who I'm guessing is probably going to be the love interest. Because, you know, every movie like that needs a love interest. Mm-hmm. So that's that. You know, they're adding to the movie. Um, I'm actually excited about seeing this one. The only thing that I really have to compare this movie too is this old thing that you're not familiar with which was the Sid and Marty Croft Shazam but I loved it as a kid I don't see why I won't love it as an adult and I'm down to see The Rock as Black Adam so yeah I'm all for it oh you already know yeah I'm there you you already know I'm going to be there I don't have a news story but we could talk about this here we don't have to talk about it right now but The Rock was uh, he was in the news this week in the Fast and Furious (laughs) Fast and Furious drama that's going on right there oh my god did you happen to bring that story I did no I did not but Tyree said he's he squashed the beef. I bet you he did. I, of course. It's almost like saying, I decided not to race this guy when you're at the racing place by yourself. <laughs> you know what? I'm calling this race off. <laughs> They're like, yeah, I know. Because <laughs> the other guy doesn't know that he was supposed to race today and ain't thinking about you. That's why. I'm thinking Tyrese went and acted a fool on Twitter and gave out ultimatums. And I have a feeling someone said, then go. See you later. That's true. We need big money rock over here. So good luck with all that. He is not a necessity. Now that we have the rock, Tyrese is not a necessity. No, and Tyrese will essentially go back to being that guy in all of the alien movies where he's a hired hired grunt. What are we doing here, Sarge? You know what I mean? That's going to be his role. He is the guy that's shocked at everything. Yeah. Are them 20-foot robots? (laughs) Is that an alien right there? That's him. Yeah, he's and he's always gonna he'll he'll be like one of like the third person to die in the movie. Usually. Totally, he might live, so, but let's face it, most of the time he's gonna be dying. But yeah, I yeah, think I'm, I think Ty, he's so silly. I think he found the error of his ways real quick, or someone pointed that out to him and said, "You know, you're Tyrese, mm-hmm. but see that guy over there? That's the Rock. That's the Rock. Yes. So, do you yes. smell what the Rock is cooking? Bye and bye. Here's what I will say: If you meet him in an alley, you're not gonna be all nice and talking all that silliness. I guarantee you. You aren't going to be all crazy like that. You know, he sure was talking a lot of smack, man. I wonder he how sure what the was. real. I wonder what the real story with those two is. You know what I mean? I wonder what the real conversations that they're having. He's just mad that he's making a solo film. Oh, I he know. It's just pure jealousy. Cho, little jealous. And, he, and here's the funny part. I guarantee. Here's what the agent probably did to Tyrese. 
He took him in his office and showed him his offers other than um, Fast and Furious. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you see this post? Is that a post-it note? Yeah. Yeah. That post-it note is your offers right now. Those are it. This post-it note. <laughs> that is your list. This isn't a to-do list for me. How do These you feel are about your doing offers. a Preparation H commercial? <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about going back to singing on a bus for Coca-Cola? How do you oh, feel about damn. that one? Oh, so. <laughs> so he's like, point taken. I will uh, yeah. send out a healing tweet and fix all of this. And I'd be like, uh-uh, you do it right here. Right here in my office right now at this very second. Hold on, let's get, let's get Rock on Skype just so we can humiliate exactly. you a little bit. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, so uh, here's, okay, this next story. Another thing I picked out for Dan and myself, actually. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are coming back to Nickelodeon. Now, I, I want to thank you for including me in this. Okay, but I want to tell you that I, I missed the turtles. I missed all of that. What? I was, I was starting to chase girls when the turtles were coming out, man. So I really don't have any affection for the turtles either way. I have no... I could take them... The cartoon? Them. Yeah. Yeah. I could take them or leave them, bro. I could take them or leave them. Okay, listeners, I'm going to tell you right now. Make sure you address all of your emails <laughs> to Dan. Please address them. Uh, this is—I mean, I don't think they're—I don't think they're shit or anything like that. I get it. I get it. Jay. I just don't have affection towards them, much like you are, like like you in Star Wars. Understandable. Just never, really, just never hit me. That's all. So <laughs> sorry to sorry, so sorry coming, to burst your bubble. <laughs> it's coming to Nickelodeon, and they've they've already done the casting. So we're uh, Raphael's going to be Omar Milla. Omar Miller. Donatello is going to be Josh Brenner. Uh, and Michelangelo is going to be Michael Brandon Michael Smith. And to round it off, um, Leonardo is going to be the awesome Ben Schwartz. And I like watching Now ben that's Schwartz. promising. That's promising right there. I love Ben Schwartz. Yes. I mean, everyone says it's funny because everybody's like, yeah, Stevie from uh, Stranger Things is uh, John Raphael from Parks and Recreations Five. I was just gonna say, don't they look so much alike? Yeah, and they took a picture together. I'm like, it's just weird. It is. Very it's weird. just freaking weird. But so, um, the cool part is, it's gonna be produced by Adam um, Andy Suriano, who does uh, the character designer for Samurai Jack, dude. Oh, nice. Yes, and then the um, and it's gonna be by the supervising director Ant Ward. He did, or supervisor producer, he did the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So I think it's going to be good. Hey, I'm che- I'll good. check it out. I'll check it out. We have this show and we have to talk about stuff. So I'm yes. totally down to check that out there. And you know what? I kind of like that actually because it's making me step out of my comfort This show is making me step out of my comfort zone to watch things yes. that I normally would not watch, including some, you know, animated shows. So I'm down. I'll check it out. I'm with you. What else you got for me, brother? Well, I got this one for you. Oh, Not necessarily for you, but I knew that this would interest you. And I think this cast is pretty amazing. here. Oh, so, yes. Uh, the Lion King. Disney has announced the full the full cast of The Lion King. They just released that this week with the newest edition. And I know you'll appreciate this, Steve. Beyonce Knowles Carter as Nala. Dude. 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 What are your thoughts? I am going to watch that on the night it comes out. Jim. I'm going to watch the shit out of this movie. I, 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 I love mean, Lion the whole King. cast is dope. Yeah, it's really, really strong. May I go ahead and go down the list real quick? Hit it. We've got Donald Glover 
playing Simba, which is a, that's mm-hmm. knocking it out of the park right there. Of course, I mentioned yes. Beyonce playing Nala. We have James Earl Jones as Mufasa. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Is he he's re, he's reprising that role? Yeah. Yeah. Affirmative. That's pretty dope. We have uh oh, I'm gonna mess his name up, man. To help me out here, Sh- Shawido Chiwetel Ojiofor. Thank you very much. I just couldn't. Yeah. How would I say Shawido? <laughs> yeah, one more time. Just, one more Chiwetel. time for the kids that are dumb. Chiwetel Ejiofor. Thank you very much. There's no way I'll yes. be able to say that there. Um, Alfred Woodard will play Sarabi. Uh, John Oliver is playing Zazu. That's interesting. Crazy. John Connie as Rafiki. Mm-hmm. There's this guy you might know by the name of Seth Rogen playing Pumbaa. And I perfect. think that's pretty cool. I think that's a perfect casting. And he's going to have to sing. Now that should be interesting because it is. They are making this into a musical. I mean, there were songs yes. like this. yeah. So that's cool, man. I'm all for it. I, I think he can pull it off. He could do Makuna Matata. Come on, he's not going to do as well as um. I forgot his name. The original Pumbaa. When I oh. was a young warthog. Yeah, I know. Yes, but, but I, he'll he'll he's do. He's the good one. Job. He was from the producers. Remember, he was he was on the producers uh, Broadway show with um, Ferris Bueller. <laughs> oh my God, what is his name? Oh, Matthew Broderick? Hilarious. Yes. Um, it's Nathan Lane. Nathan freaking Lane. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't just use him again. I don't know. But they did get a nice substitute. Seth Rogen's good. It's very different from Nathan Lane. No, but Seth didn't play Pumbaa. Was, um, Nathan Lane did not play Pumbaa. Oh, well, he played Timon? He played Timon. Oh, who was Pumbaa? Ernie shit. Sabella. Thank you. Ernie Sabella yeah, was the one that played him. That's right. I'm tripping. But why didn't they get Nathan Lane to play Timon again? Maybe maybe he was booked. Maybe he had something going on. Uh, bruh. I mean, bruh. hey, it's possible. When maybe he's Disney doing something. Call, when, yeah, Disney when Disney calls, calls you, answer. <laughs> you answer. You answer, bruh. Yeah, dog. You I like literally if I was in the entertainment business, I would just walk around with that red phone under a globe for a Disney call. So then I'm like, hey, in my contract, if I'm in the middle of production and Disney calls, guess what's stopping this? What I'm doing right now. It ain't like Nathan Lane hasn't made money, though. He made some know? good money. He, yeah, that's true. That's so true. maybe he's just set. Maybe he's good. I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm cool. Thank sure. you. I appreciate that. So I don't know. I'd actually be interested in it. I'm going to research that. I'm going to dig a little bit and see if they did ask him to do that. But Timon is actually going to be played by, is it I, Billy Eichner, I believe is his name? Billy, Billy on the streets. He's really good. Yeah. No, he's hilarious. He well, is he hilarious. Really I loved him in, in um, Community, man. Or not Community, I'm sorry. Uh, Parks and Rec. Oh, he was fantastic. He's hilarious. So, yeah, I'm, yeah I, he's, I think he's, that's... He's... Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think that's like the perfect pick if you're not getting Nathan Lane. Have you seen Friends from College? I have seen some of those episodes, yeah, with uh, Keegan-Michael Key. And... Yes. Yeah. He's good in that. I didn't even recognize him. He's the doctor, and he's real cool, calm, and collected. I was like, is that Billy Eichner? He's not sure his normal enough. character in that one. No, he's like chill. I love, so I can't I, think of the name of the character from Parks and Rec, but that, hilarious, man. I just loved his whole affect, the way he talks and how he's always yelling, you know? I, I just, I literally, I think this is really going to be good. I really do. I think it's going to be good. Speaking of Keegan-Michael Key, he's also in the movie, Steve. He's playing Kamari. Yeah. We have Florence Kasumba, who's playing Shenzi. And mm-hmm. Eric Andre, who's playing Azizi. Uh, we're wrapping up. We're following it up with J.D. McCrary, who's going to play young Simba. And a little girl by the name of Shahadi Wright-Joseph, who will play young Nala. This movie comes out summer of 2019. 
Steve, I'm going to buy my tickets tomorrow if they're available. Let's I can't wait it. to see this movie. Yeah, let's as do soon this as they, I mean, dude, as soon as they announced Beyonce, I was like, yeah, guess what's happening? Guess what's freaking happening? <laughs> I was planning on bringing this movie up, but when they announced Beyonce, I'm like, okay, now I have to bring it up. I got to tell Steve about this one. I literally now. cannot wait, dude. Yeah, it's going to be great, man. I can't wait. What you got? So this is my last story. And um, I'm going off of memory, but we all know that, well, not all of us know, but we do know that Tarantino is going to try to distance himself away from Harvey Weinstein as much as possible, right? You think? Yeah. He is trying to do it. Like to, and so Harvey Weinstein was going to produce his story about Sharon Tate, you know, Charles Manson, Sharon Tate. He's doing right. it basically about Sharon Tate. And he literally parted ways. He said, I do not want anything to do with what's going on with this dude. So he's looking for a home for this for this um, this re- this uh, movie. Now, this is the I love Tar- I think Tarantino is a fantastic director. Right. And he has he said Mar- uh, Margot Robbie's attached to play Sharon Tate. Ooh, OK. All right. You know what I'm saying? And I'm listening. It's only been, it's only been, <laughs> it's only been referred to as number nine. And they said that because it's Tarantino's ninth film. And they said it's just like how Hitler wasn't the star of Inglorious Bastards. Manson's not going to be the star of this Sharon Tate movie. He's going to be tangential, but he's going to do it about kind of the whole situation. But he's in talks with Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio, and Samuel L. Jackson to, to join the cast. And no one has signed on yet. Hmm. Do you think... Is he persona non grata right now? It's very possible. I think that everyone is being extremely careful of who their associations are in the Hollywood industry right now. I really think that this is a time that's going to be talked about in the history books as far as Hollywood oh, goes. Dude, no question. I mean, this is huge. It's huge, dude. And it's, they said every single major studio is reading this script. Except for Disney. Disney's like, don't even send it to us. Yes, we know sorry. it's a no. Sorry, Quentin. We're Disney. <laughs> They're like, no. So I'm interested to see what he does next. But every single, this is going to be the first movie ever that he didn't go with Weinstein and Miramax. Yeah, he's kind of like, um, I wouldn't say starting from scratch, but it's not his old habits can't be put to use this exactly. time around. Exactly. Is Nothing's he going to be gonna- able to use the same productionist? Production squad, the same gaffers, everything that he had that was on perfectly, like literally redial. Is he going to be able to create the same sort of movie without his people? Are those people going to jump ship and come to him? I don't know how this works. It's a very interesting question. I'm very curious to see how that turns out because I don't. Yes. I think that he, you know, he's had his, like you're saying, he's had his system set in place for years for the duration of his career. Yes. Now he's stepping out. Can it can it happen again? Because nobody be else would have funded nobody would have funded Inglorious Bastards. No, no. I mean, I really do think that that Weinstein was his savior. Totally. You know, I mean, as 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 he was with a lot. I mean, to say that sentence sounds weird now, but as he was with a lot of people, he put a lot of people on the map, and yes, was definitely one of them. And, as and was for Kevin him Smith. to. For him to say, like, if he would have gone to a studio and said, hey, I have a three-hour movie about people in a cabin, they would have been like, guess who's not giving you money? You're looking at them. 
you're not going to get the money from us for this. Whereas Miramax, they love him so much, they'll let him do, they pretty much gave him a hateful eight and say, Did, do whatever you want to do. Be Quentin Tarantino, Doc Quentin Tarantino. And that's what he did. He just pretty much did whatever Quentin wanted to do on that movie. Other studios are not going to do that. They're going to come in and say, uh, this movie is coming in right under 250. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, we need this around uh, an hour and 45. And how is Quentin Tarantino going to deal with cutting his film an hour or so? Quentin Tarantino is going to have to deal with compromise now. Dude. Be like, is this page of dialogue really necessary? Quentin's going to be like, everything's necessary. Uh, Mr. Tarantino, hi, I'm Mike. Uh, I was just reviewing your uh, script. Is it truly necessary to say the N-word 19 times in this scene? And he's gonna yeah, be like, so. absolutely, totally, totally. Yes, I, I, I gotta, I gotta say, it'd be like, oh, really? Do you need to? Yes, because sixteen would not be the same as seventeen times. That's what <laughs> it's gonna say, guaranteed. I, I think that might be anything for him too. He's he might be writing a, a completely different movie, or maybe he'll he just scrap to. it for his artistic, you know, his creative. Um, uh, Quentin's gonna scrap it. Is he this thinks supposed to everything be his last movie. It, that was supposed to be, um, the last movie was supposed to be his retirement. Yeah, but I thought he was going to make, I heard he, this was going to be his, I could be wrong with it, but I'm pretty sure I heard it this was going to be his next movie, let's say, was going to be his last movie. But then I also heard that he's still talking about possibly making uh, Kill Bill 3. See? So. And, and, the, the ish, and the thing is, remember, Quentin Tarantino thinks everything he writes has got to be seen. Oh, I mean, he ego writes like crazy. Totally, dude. So, yeah, man, I'm eager to see what comes of that. I'm eager to see what comes of that. But, you know, uh, this kind of brings us to what we were talking about earlier, Jay. What's that? Game time. Oh, wait, do you have another story? <laughs> I've just got a couple more real quick. Very. Oh, my this? bad, dude. No, I no, no, no it's like, okay. That's all I got. I'm tripping. No worries, brother. No way. Um, I've got one of them's more of a tidbit, a, tri- a little bit of a fun fact. And then the yeah. other one. Well, let me get to the fun fact first, okay? Because I want to make that because I, I'm I'm not going to bring these next ones are way too long. I'll bring them next week. No problem, no problem. I just wanted to make you feel old for a second. Um, okay. So, fifteen years ago, Steve, Justin Timberlake's Justified came out. That's so crazy. Isn't that nuts, man? I mean, there's really That's not so much new. It's not really a news story, but I read that and I'm like, holy shit! I remember when that album came out. Boy, the time is flying. So congratulations, Justin Timberlake, on your 15th anniversary. That You know, I like Justin Timberlake, man. I'm not even going to front. Dude can act. He's funny. Obviously, he can sing. He can dance. He's kind of like, would you say, maybe you wouldn't say it, but I, I think he's kind of like a total package kind of a guy. Like, you kind of get everything with this dude. And he's con- and he's completely likable. Like I, I will withhold my judgment till after the Super Bowl performance. If he doesn't bring out Janet, oh, you're gonna is, hold that against him. But what if they don't let him? But what if they don't let him though? Like if I well, was Justin Timberlake, ooh, that's strong words right there. That's a very strong opinion. He did her. He screwed her over, dude. Even she was like, you know what? I thought he was cool. I guess he's not. Hmm. Interesting. You can't do a Jackson over like that. I'm sorry. You got feelings Jan. about this. This is something that we should talk about. This would be another subject we should talk about. For sure. Yeah. All right. Justin is good. Like, I thought that they had maybe made up, but for him to take this job, because remember, everything that's happening with the NFL right now, Jay-Z passed on this job. Jay-Z like, doesn't oh, no. need the Super Bowl. Actually, none of these artists need the Super Bowl. But. Exactly. Jay-Z could have done it, 
But with all this going on, all the protesting, he's like, oh, no, 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 no. What I'm not going to do is put my name <laughs> with the NFL right now because he can afford to be like, nah. nah I'm going to have to ask you something that I was yes. not familiar with. So, I mean, you seem to know a lot more about this here. And maybe that just I kind of missed a whole dynamic to this story. Yes. So I was not aware that there was bad blood between Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake. Oh, yes. I really was not aware of that. There would you care to elaborate just a little bit for the people that didn't? I mean, I'm sure I'm probably the only one. But tell me a little yes. bit about this. Um, okay, so the the situation happened where you know the you know the boob reveal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I got that. I know all that part. Essentially, long story short, Justin threw her under the bus. How so? Well, he didn't like. He kind of was just like I was just as shocked as anyone else, and you know, whereas Janet, people were like, oh, it must have been Janet. Like the the interviews he gave made it seem as if it was totally on her. And Janice, like, it wasn't totally on me. You know, it should have been a, even she says, you know, it should have been a, hold on, let me find it for you. Let me find the quote. Put and they called it Nipplegate. It's so stupid. <laughs> Relate quote. No, that's new to me. I didn't know that. But there's a quote where Janet was just like, that's not how friends act. I thought he was a friend. That's not what friends do. He left her hanging. Yes. No pun intended. All right, she was For real. Name. And so my issue is, if you're going to do it, go ahead and do it. But we remember, and we're going to see if you if you don't bring her out, literally, and Super Bowl already said, hey, Janet's not banned. Okay, well, now we know. The NFL has now said, Janet's not banned from that halftime show. So if you go out and do Rock Your Body, Future sex, love sounds, and 2020 experience, and then be like, anyway, thank you very much. Good night and dip. Bruh. You ain't saying just good night to the Super Bowl crowd, homie. You know what, man? Now that you're putting it in that way, it's pretty foolish if he does it. Whether or not you end up liking or whatever your opinion on Justin Timberlake or not, it seems foolish not to do that just for the sake of ratings. Dude. Just for the Dude. sake of, of of NFL, NFL needs everything they have right now. Thank you to retain the, their viewers. You know what I mean? Thank you. If they, if he's smart, he would call. And if he's saying I shouldn't have done it like that, because he's already said I shouldn't have thrown her under the bus. I was jacked up. But then you're gonna take this job now. If he's doing a, if he's doing the show, and all of a sudden Rhythm Nation starts playing and she comes out, oh, bro, he's coming to the cookout. It's over. He's like to the cookout. immediately cookout invite. But if I'm telling you right now, when you're on Twitter, everyone during the Super Bowl, black Twitter is going to be like, boy, you got five minutes <laughs> and then four minutes and then three minutes. And like we are waiting for a Janet Jackson to show up. If she does not show up, bruh, man. <laughs> Would you venture to say that that's the majority's opinion? Oh, yes. OK. All right. Oh, well, yeah, now I'm now I'm excited. Now I'm actually excited to see how this performance goes. I'm usually not interested. Yes. I could usually give a a crap. There's a reason Jay-Z was like, I am cool. So if he's going to be like, no, I'm going to do it. I don't even know even, I mean, even if he does do it and he does bring Janet out, I think a lot of people are going to be mad because he's still doing the Super Bowl show. It's like, yeah, but this is the NFL who are horrible right now. But he could he could negate he kind of kind of balance on that if Janet comes because then Janet gives him the cosign, boom you're in. 
But if you do the NFL and don't get Janet up there, bruh, what are you doing? And if he says, oh, no, 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 I tried to call her, but she said she wouldn't do it. Well, then, bro, you shouldn't have done it. As soon If you call Janet, she says, I won't do it. You shouldn't do it. You just should just chill out, kick back, and let whoever's going to do it, do it. Because That's a good it's point. better. Because imagine if you would have been like, you know what? I can't do it because Janet said no. I asked her. She said no. And come to think about it, what's going on in NFL, I can't co-sign with the situation that's happening. Bro, you know how many new fans he's going to get? People that weren't even thinking about Justin Timberlake will be like, well, wait a minute now. Did you, you know hear what? this quote? Yeah. You know what, man? You're right. It won't break him either way. Not but even it's close. Certainly, but it certainly can make him more. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, dude. It, that's, that, he could be the hero of the day right there. Oh, he would be on, bro. I wouldn't be surprised if he shows up at the BET Awards after saying some junk like that. They'd be like, <laughs> oh, my God. And there's very few people that could just show up. Like, I mean, very few. Like Eminem, he shows up rapping. Yeah, people are going crazy because he's earned the spot. There's certain people that are just going to get love. Justin could be that person. But if he does this NFL thing without Janet, trust me, it's not going to go well. It's going to go well with certain people, but Black Twitter ain't hearing it. All right. All right. What I else like that's a strong opinion, sir. Well, the last one, <laughs> the last, that's very interesting. Now I cannot fucking wait to watch the Super Bowl. Like the first time I think I've ever said that <laughs> sentence, by the way. The last one, Steve, is a little bit of a fun thing for me. Uh, makes me feel good on the inside here. Um, yeah. So last Thursday afternoon, for 11 minutes, the world was a better place. That's because, oh. Steve, <laughs> there was a now former Twitter employee on his last day. He shut down Donald Trump's account for 11 minutes before they caught on right there. And Twitter went nuts. Bruh, I would like to first say thank you to whoever this employee is. And I would also, now this is not, this is not a thing that we've made formal yet, but I would like for, if it's a consensus, I would like the Heroes of Noise to give the Hero of the Week to this oh, unknown yeah. employee. You were right. You were right in my frame of mind right there. I was going to say there's three heroes on the show today. And that man, whose name, Dude. I, I believe it was a man. So to be fair, I believe it was a man. That is the Hero think, of the Week right there. Bruh, here's I think what I'm you just say. came on to something, too. I think we need to do the Hero of the Week right there. I like that. Sure. Here, I'm going to go out on a limb. I think it's a woman. You know, it could I, be. I think I think they're just like, with all this stuff going on, be like, what you're not going to do is have me walk out of this place without doing something to this fool. I think it's a woman. That seems like a, I got, like a woman has guts to do that. I think it's a woman. I'm eager to see who it is though. You know, to not like in the, in the vein of not, well, what am I trying to say? I'm not trying to lose listeners, but at the same time, yes. I feel very strongly strongly about uh, the orange. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I think it could go either way because <laughs> if it was my last day, that's some shit I would do right there. I would definitely Dude. take out 45 for sure. Oh, it was so his Twitter so account. Precious. I should say his Twitter account. I would take out Twitter yes. 45's Twitter account. Yeah, his Twitter account is gone for 11 minutes. Those are pretty 11 minutes, man. I love now, it. I got really excited about that. I started looking around and then, you know, I didn't hit it. it did, I didn't catch it right at the beginning of the 11 minutes. I'm not going to you know pretend I did, but I did catch it as it was happening. 
And I got very excited until I saw it. it's back. And I'm like, oh. Yep. It was like a dark cloud, then the sun shone through, and then a dark cloud came back. I am Such 100% convinced that this man is tweeting from the toilet every morning. Of course. And that's what it is. He's taking an unusually long dump, and he's just tweeting nonsense every morning. It's, but anyway. he's Anyway, yes. Yeah. Thank you for whoever that wonderful, awesome, and amazing um, employee was. And, hey, come on the show sometime. MVP of the week right there. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I all think right. that wraps up all of our news for this week, Steve. I think we did yes, a... Sir. Fairly good job there. What do you think? I think we did. Now, you were talking earlier about some some game. And uh, <laughs> you know I like games. You too. You do. Um, well, you know what? We've decided that today we're going to try something different in lieu of our discussion. And it's called Game Time with the Heroes of Noise. Now, what we do in Game Time is we're, we have come up with a bunch of different silly games that we're going to play with the audience and Dan and myself. And we're going to figure out if Dan, today it's going to be Dan, or myself is the hero of noise for the day. And the way that you win is I'm going to give him a series of three questions and he only has to get two out of the three. Or if I give him four, just get three out of the four. It's a simple thing, right, ladies and gentlemen? Any dunce could do it, right? Anybody can do it. (laughs) Anybody can do it. And Dan being the genius he is working as a doctor, he should be able to get the questions that I'm going to ask him. So, um, but the one that I'm going to be doing, the game that I'm going to be leading today, um, let me tell you what it's called. See, it's called Who Dis. (laughs) I love that name. What is Who Dis? I'm going to tell you. Who Dis, I'm going to give him the information regarding a person's stage name. And all he has to do is give me the entertainment entertainers, or I'm gonna give him the real name. All he has to do is fill out what the entertainer's stage name is. I'm gonna give him clues. I'm gonna give him everything he needs to figure out who is this person. They could be a musician. They could be a uh, an actor, actress, anything of the sort. And all he has to do is fill out the answer. Are you ready, audience? Are you ready, Dan? I think I am. All right. We got four today. Four. Number one. This American singer-songwriter dancer, born in 1970 as Elgin Baylor Lumpkin, was one of the top-selling R&B acts during the late 90s and early 2000s. He's known for one smash hit that peaked at number six on Billboard's Hot 100. Huge song. Can you repeat that one more time? This American singer-songwriter-dancer was born in 1970 as Elgin Baylor Lumpkin. He was the t- he was one of the top-selling R&B acts during the late 90s and early 2000s. He's known for one smash hit that peaked at number six on Billboard's Hot 100. Dan, who this? Can I call a friend? Negatory. Okay. Elgin Baylor Lumpkin. Yes. You say he was a dancer? Yes. 
songwriter, singer. Dancer, songwriter, singer, Elgin Baylor Lumpkin. Uh-huh. Hmm. Okay. Do you have any additional hints for me before I venture off here? I will give you he's black. And he was bigger in the 90s? Huge in the late 90s. Early 2000s, he was still big. But his smash, his smash was, yeah, around that time. Wow. Okay. And, and you still know, you know this song. Do you? Do I, though? Are you sure Oh, about this? yes, you do. Because that's not dry. Even I, if you didn't know it, you're married, so she knows it. I'm almost willing to bet I don't, but... Oh, you do. So, okay, you said you have four, so are we going to go... four. Are we going to go all four, or are we just going to do one at a time? I'm going to do one at a time and wait for you. Are you Are you logged in? Are you, Have you jotted down your answer? 1970, you said it was one. Uh-huh. Um, I'm terrible. Was it R&B? Yes, it was. Oh, I'm screwed. Um, let's see. And you know this song. I feel like I'm older than the person I'm thinking. Um, clock is ticking, I imagine. Yes. All right. Um, I think I'm wrong. Okay, just log it in and we'll go over it at the end. Oh, gotcha. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so, um, all right, I'm locked in. All right. So, next, this singer-songwriter named Peter Jean Hernandez, born in 1985, was signed and then dropped by Motown, after which he was signed by Atlantic, beginning his meteoric rise to this very day. He has received five Grammys and was named one of Time's most influential people in the world in 2011. Oh, that's Dan, not for sure. Dan, Can I have the name one more time, please? Peter Gene Hernandez. He is a singer-songwriter. Same genre? Um, he's everywhere. Okay. This one seems a little more safe for me. I almost sure you got that one. I, I think I do. I may be completely wrong, but I'm going to go ahead and lock it in right now. All right, you're locked. locked. Number three, Brother Dan. This rapper, born Trevor Taheem Smith Jr. in 1972, was given his moniker by Chuck D. of Public Enemy. He is known for his outlandish style and fashion depicted in his flashy videos throughout <laughs> the 90s and early 2000s. The source has him listed as one of the 50 greatest MCs of all time, and MTV called him one of hip-hop's greatest visual artists. Dan, who this? I think I'm taking the association here. And I'm probably going to be wrong on this one, too. Man, you got some tough ones today for me, dude. Because you got to understand, the funny thing is, I come from... You- I come from once the rock and hear, roll era. I know, but once you hear the names, you're going to be like, oh. <laughs> well, I had an instant answer when you said Chuck D. And then I went, okay, that's not right. That's too easy. Do me a favor. Read that description for me one more time. This rapper born Trevor Taheem Smith Jr. in 1972 
was given his moniker by Chuck D of Public Enemy. He is known for his outlandish style and fashion depicted in his flashy videos throughout the 90s and early 2000s. The source has him listed as one of the 50 greatest lyricists of all time, and MTV called him one of hip-hop's greatest visual artists. Oh my god. And you know this dude too. I'm sure I do, but I, I'm getting fogged by the fer- this visual in my head that's ruining everything. Um, so you had me. I thought I had it until you said one of the greatest lyricists of all time. So that changed everything. Because... Oh, and you just talked about him, too. I did? Yes. Oh, you you want me to give you a, a clue? Sure, please. Would you like a clue? I you would get, love okay, a clue. Is this, you only These get are hard. One. You only get one. Is this the one you want to use it on or the next oh, one? Oh, one out of the four? Yes. Can I come back to this one? Or do I have to answer before we move on? You have to tell me if you want the hint now. It's a big hint. I'll take it. You've seen him in concert. Oh, man, that doesn't narrow it down at all. (laughs) 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 So one time I'm like mad that I've seen too many, a bunch of concerts. Um, Okay. um, All right, I'm locked in. All right. And for the final one, ladies and gentlemen. I should write these down and remember the ones I'm locking in. (laughs) (laughs) This actor slash singer born Eric Marlon Bishop is, is only the second male in history to receive two Oscar nominations in the same year for two different movies. And he's also a platinum selling recording artist. Dan, who it is. Oh, I'm failing miserably right now, Steve. And that's a huge one. He's only one of two. The only other person to do this was Al Pacino. Give me the hint one more time. Or the, uh... This actor-singer born Eric Marlon Bishop is only the second male in history to receive two Oscar nominations in the same year for two different movies. He is also a platinum-selling recording artist. This music's making it intense. So this dude's done a few amazing things. Oh my god. But he's Oscar nominated? Oscar winning. Oscar winning. Why is this so hard? (laughs) It's not. I know it's not. (laughs) I'm making this harder than it needs to be. You really are. I know I am, but the pressure is killing me right now. All you got to do is get three out of the four. I don't know if I could do that. I have a feeling I might be a... I think I might get skunked right now, dude. I gotta be honest with you. Oh, no, no, no. Um... Oscar winner. He's an Oscar winner. And he's a rapper? He's a singer. A singer. Is he black? Will you give me that, or is that a hint? That's a hint. That's a hint. Oh shit, I got nothing for you. Um, I don't know. I'm drawing a blank. 
I'm trying to blank. All right, you can leave it blank. Ladies and gentlemen, give Dan a round of applause oh. for going for it. And I'm hoping all you uh, ladies and gentlemen did not cheat because we're going to go over the answers post-haste. Don't give me a round of applause because I sucked on this, but okay, I'm all ready right. for the Number answers. Number one, okay. this American singer named Elgin Baylor mm-hmm. is none other than genuine. You never let me give my answers. Well, oh, what was your answer for the first one? Oh, no, I was wrong. But <laughs> I was going to say. And so that's why I knew Pony, you know Pony. I don't think I know Pony, dude. Yeah. Genuine? I honestly, yeah. if you would ask me. Yeah. You know that because it plays on every. I'm gonna have to like look it up because I seriously cannot. You Hold know on. Pony. I don't think I know Pony. Oh, I'm I serious. know you know Pony. I'm gonna check it out right now. No, well, you do it right now. You're tripping. Let's see. We're going. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know that song. Pony. You're the worst at this, Steve. I'm just kidding. I just suck at this. Um, okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Let's see. I'm willing to... Okay. Oh, she just left. She just walked in here, too. I was going to ask her. Oh, I'm going to tell you right now. I never heard this fucking song in my life. But. All right. Hey. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Nothing. Hey, uh, okay. Hey, all of you. I'm sorry. I was away from the microphone, so they're not going to be hearing what I said. Dan said he doesn't know Pony. All of you write. Please, please address your writings to Dan. <laughs> we all know Pony. I'm willing to all, bet. I'm willing you to are, bet. Don't even. Don't do it. Don't do it. You know, no one's going to write us in about this, but I'm willing to bet not that many people know. <laughs> You're out of your mind. On oh, this you know why show. people know? On this show. You know show. why people know? Why is that? Especially the women. It was on Magic Mike. Oh, there's another freaking reason. I have never seen Magic Mike. Before. No, but Magic, the thing is, it's on everything else, too. Okay, well, okay. I, can, so I have I'm somehow been you, under a rock. I'm going to give you a buy on that one. Even though I'm curious, I'll give you a buy. Okay. All right. Who do you have logged in for number two? Give me the hint again. Or the uh, singer songwriter named Peter Jean Hernandez. Okay. All right. I'm going with Babyface. Oh, snap. No, it's Damn. Bruno Mars. Oh, you know what? Hernandez, man. I didn't even <laughs> exactly. take into the whole thing. That's why I was like, thing. Hernandez. I'm like, that should have given it away. What was the date? Did you tell it when he was born? 1985, yeah. 1980. Oh, shit. I didn't even hear 80, dude. See, that's my fault right there. But Babyface is a songwriter. I just figured out yep. what was it. You would have totally got Bruno Mars. I knew that you would get That's yeah. what I was like. Now you're getting me. I think, I think you intimidated me with all this. Uh, oh, no. Now. These questions, man. Number three. Oh, Who boy. did you get for Trevor Taheem Smith Jr.? And that was the one... Chuck D gave that it was his Chuck moniker. D. I'm yes. wrong again. I know I'm wrong again. Who are you saying? Did you give me a date of birth on him? I did. 1972. LL Cool J. So close. Busta Rhymes. Uh, yeah, I'm just failing miserably, man. <laughs> and the thing is, that's why I said you've seen him in concert. That's yeah, what made me pick him. 
That's what I made did, me pick him. I did. I did see him in concert, but he did open. I didn't pay to see And then him. the thing is, when I said, <laughs> when it was like outlandish style, and I'm yeah. like, who else would they say that about? I don't know, man. You can tell where we were in the 90s is a lot different than different oh, places. If I'm going to go, don't trust me, next time we're doing rock, and I'm, I'm expecting you, oh. you to get every single one of them. Well, okay, well, that's what I'm going to do to you this time, is I'm going to flip it. Let's on the next go! One, and it's Let's all going to be rock-oriented, all right? Let's do this, man! Fair enough, fair enough, okay. <laughs> all right, now. I think it's a skunk, ladies and gentlemen. It's not a skunk. All right. Who did you get for the actor-singer born Eric Marlon Bishop? I got nothing for that one. Um... Oscar winner is what's throwing me a singer. That's an Oscar. What male? What male singer won an Oscar? <laughs> that's the part that's jacking me up. Um, he turned into who he was playing so much that we were absolutely shocked. He even looked like him. When did he win the Oscar? Two thousand four. Um, Jamie Fox. That's it. Yes, I see that. You gave that one to me. I, I don't think I would have. I don't think I would have gotten that. You, the, what got me was he turned into. <laughs> yeah. You know, so yeah, I, I. You know what? This is not bad for the first. But role. Jamie Fox. Yeah, the Jamie Fox one. I don't think I could have given you enough without giving it to you to give. It. I mean, if I would have said Ray, you would have gotten it. But when I was like, he was only one of two to be, because I remember Collateral and, and Ray. And how many singers have won an Oscar? You know what gets me about that is that I still think of him as a comedian. Oh, do you? Yeah. So when I when you say singer, like I, I just, if like I, I, said I literally couldn't tell Oscar. you one song that he sings on if, his own. If I would have said comedian that won an Oscar, would you have gotten it? No, I probably would have hit you with some Jim. I don't know. It's like I got to pay attention to my uh, to my Oscar trivia, man. You're good. You you found some really hard questions, but no, I don't think I would have gotten it. I think, I think that you gave it away. I think it was the transformation. Whatever you said about transformation, he turned into. That's what got me. And then I started thinking, oh you? yeah, Jamie Foxx sings. That's right. You know what I'm gonna do for you? What's that? I'm gonna do something for you. I'm gonna hit you with shit like he was the first singer for Iron Maiden. That is way too in the weeds. Is it though? Is it genuine? It is. is it pony? What, I don't think it here's is. Here's what I'm going to do. But the thing is, the other three, you totally should have got Bruno Mars, G. That's true. That's true. He just came to I town, mean, by the way, too. You could have said that. Rhymes, that would have gotten me. Buster Rhymes, you should have gotten. I don't know a lot about Buster Rhymes outside of his music. The career. outlandish. And then the thing is, like, outlandish, and you've seen him in concert. Those two would be like, oh, well, what other rappers have I really seen? I've seen quite a few. Seen quite you a have few. seen. All right, I'm going to leave you with one more for a rock one for you, okay? Fair enough. This singer, born Paul David Hewson, is an Irish-born singer-songwriter musician, and he is best known for a lead singer of a certain rock group. Paul go, David Hewson. I'm going to go with Bono. That's it. That's it. See, see how easy. See how that came along. That see, I know rock and roll. <laughs> here's what I'm gonna do for you. Here's what I'm gonna Genuine do for you next time. Pony. Next time, okay. Here's what I'm gonna do. But you can mix it up too. Okay. Next time, you can do rock for me too. Now, I didn't go hard because I didn't go like 112 and I didn't go deep R and B. You would have been like one who? 
Yeah, but no. If you, you could go, have, like, you could have gone Jodeci, Blackstreet, oh, any of those, and I would have been like, I have no clue. What you you're would have really. I tried to go as obvious. Genuine is an. I thought you would know that one, but the other three, I literally thought, oh, he's gonna know Busta Rhymes. No, somebody should slap the shit out of me about the Bruno Mars one, but. That one I Rimes. thought was the no, but the the Bruno Mars I thought you I thought you'd get Buster Rhymes before Bruno. You threw me with the whole um, Chuck D thing, which is you know it's a fact. But the you know who I first thought of when you said Chuck D and then you said Flavor Flav, right? But then you said best lyricist, and I was like, oh no, yeah, and you knew. Let's go ahead and take that away. <laughs> the only reason I went because I know you get into the weeds of people. So I was do. like, maybe if I give him Chuck D, he'd be like, oh, I remember that well, that that story. Now, again, My rock I trivia thought, game is strong, though, so you know. Dude, you're about to, let me tell you something. I'm about to go six, maybe six next time. Because I think you'll get go through rock and just rattle him off. And I'm going to go super easy. Not super easy. You I don't, don't go I too easy. To, no, but I have to. Because I don't know the people enough. Ah. And I don't want to. I don't want to go super deep in the weeds where you're like, dude, you do know that that group only recorded for three years. Why would I know them? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'd be right. like, oh, well, it said rock, so I assumed I want to go with people I know. But what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go through the weeds of what they did because I'm not gonna give you obvious clues. I'm gonna go way deep into stuff and be like, okay, let's see if he gets it. Bono, as soon as I said Irish guy, I was like, he should get that. You had me at Paul on that one, so. Oh, you knew Paul? You knew his first name? I knew, yeah, honestly, I don't know his, okay, Irish definitely helped, but I know Bono's first name was Paul. I knew that. Really? Yeah, I did. You cheated. I did, I swear to God I did not cheat. No, but I'm saying you cheated. I didn't know you knew that. Well, it's not cheating. You threw the question at me. Oh, I got a, never mind, because I found a site with like 300, and I have, um, I have a really good one for you. I have a few. I got some that are coming out the gate. It's going to take us like a year to get through a bunch of them that you know. All right. I'm going to do one for you, but you're going to have to let me pause for just a quick second so I can pull it up. Do it. All right. All right. So I'm flying off the cuff with this one here, okay? So I don't have any like trivia. So I'm just going to think of a few things here without hopefully not giving it away. All right. So this actor has been around since the mid-70s. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to tell you his first role because I think you would get it right off the bat that way. All right. But I'm going to make this a little bit different. You called that game Who Dis? Uh huh. I'm going to call this Who Dat. All right. Let's do it. All right. So this is Who Dat. This is the audio version. So what I'm going to do, Steve, is I'm going to play a song for you. Mm -hmm. And it is your job, with the hints that I give you, to guess the name of the actor. This is all going to be actors that sing. Okay. Let's do it. All right. So let's see here. Um, this singer, yeah, like I said, or this actor, debuted in the 70s. He was very popular up into the 80s, mm-hmm. in which case he kind of dropped off for a bit, but has since made a resurgence, which has consisted of hits or misses. Okay? Okay. Um, let's see. Is there anything else I can give you? There's a lot of things that if I say keywords, you're going to be like, oh, it's this person. So I have to be okay. very careful about this. Okay. Here. But okay. I'm just going to go, you're, you're a musician. <laughs> So uh-huh. I'm going to go ahead and just play you some audio right now. Okay. And you let me know who this is, okay? okay? So again, this is an actor, uh-huh. very popular, debuted in the 70s, very popular at that time, heyday stuff, uh-huh. okay. up and through the 80s, fell off a bit, made a resurgence, and now it's kind of like a series of hits or misses, okay? Okay, okay. All right. 
Okay. I'm going to go ahead and play this here. Here we go. you get mm-hmm. shall i shall i recap the shall i give you the clues one more time? please recap the information so it's an actor as the game is going to call for very popular in the 70s and through the 80s fell off a bit but made a resurgence and now uh has a career of essentially hits and misses ups and downs mm-hmm. mostly downs all right that. and okay. that's all i'm giving you all right uh, I'm gonna go John Travolta. Damn it! That see, that was too easy. And you can you know, <laughs> that it is. That wasn't too easy. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> oh wow, that was uh, right in my All face. Right. You know okay. why? You know why I yeah. think it's too easy? Uh, because I mean, and it it is. As he has was, a distinctive voice. Yes, and as I was listening to it, he said a couple of things, <laughs> and he might as well say, "That's right." You know what I mean? <laughs> he, yeah. He what? Where? Yeah, that's he, <laughs> he definitely had that. As I hey, was listening, look, I was like, dude, damn it. Dude, and you know what, man? Hey, that was a good one. Thank you, thank you. Thank and it, it, it should have been out of my wheelhouse, too. All right, I'm going harder this time. I'm going to do one All more. Right. One more. Uh, hold on a second here. All right. Okay. This is an actor from, I guess, probably this, yeah, from the 60s. Oh my God! This is a '60s actor who's now—he's—he's de- <laughs> he's deceased. He's deceased. I'll give you that. Uh-huh. Okay, he's deceased. Okay. Um, cult status. Oh boy. Um, has a second cousin. I just found this out on another podcast, by the way, and I'm trying to remember the name of the podcast so I can give him credit for it. But then you might look. No, you won't cheat. You're not a cheater. No, no. Um, he was on the podcast. Nerd on the podcast. Okay. okay? And he does voiceover work, so I don't get too don't get too fixated on that stuff, okay? Because that's not him. But his second cousin does voiceover work. A voice character acting is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Um, I think he does some anime too. Okay. So, all right, and he's also from Brooklyn. I found that out. But however, the person that I'm referring to, yes. actor in the '70s, huge. Uh, he did appear in a movie probably five years ago. Okay. Related to his original. Okay. Work. And he also hosted a series in the 70s that had to do with like, um, I think I'm giving you too much now. You're good at this but I But I probably have not seen the series, right? You may not have seen the series. I, I'm willing to bet you didn't, but I can't tell you the but name But I have series. seen But it had to do work. with a lot of like, um, you know, like unexplained stuff. But I have seen his work. Oh, for sure. Like if you, if you, all you got to do is see this person, you point him out. 
Well, hold on. So let me just make sure I got this correct. Okay. He was popular in the 60s or in the 70s? He was. He's popular now. He's dead now. But he's huge. But he's huge. 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 <laughs> totally. So this can, isn't. You, okay, cool. So this isn't cult. This is superstar. No, just cult. He's huge cult. Huge like, cult. Like, okay, like, that changes. Okay, okay, okay. I had to think about because superstar, a huge superstar. I'm like, oh boy. Okay, you know, it truly, all, it, my... it truly depends on your opinion. Let's say say that. <laughs> okay. But there are certain crowds that would call him a superstar. Okay. All okay. right. Let's do it. All right. Here we go. This song also came out in 1969 in the album that was called "The New World of Blah Blah." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh my god. Are you ready? Yes. All okay. Right. Go. Let all the right. song begin. You have one minute, sir. Okay. But I will, if it's a long intro, which I'm not sure it could be, I'll give you a little You'll extra time. You'll go to the singing. Yeah, yeah, okay, for sure. Cool. Until from cool. the singing point. Okay. All right, here we go. You can hear the vinyl popping. Now, before right. you say anything, Holy do you have an idea? Crap, do you have an idea? Um, you know what? I'm, I'm I cheated. Okay, I, uh, I cheated because you said someone has he has a second cousin that's a voiceover. Correct. The only reason you'd say that is if he's a big voiceover actor. Not necessarily. The, oh, I was just trying to give but, you something. I, but true. But that's the only thing that came to my. Okay, well then, in that case, I may be wrong then. Because, I mean, there's only, there's a huge voiceover artist that I might think it's him. Well, there's only one way to find out, sir. Uh, <laughs> can I give you one more hint? <laughs> that sound was pretty no, good. Maybe choke. <laughs> okay. Um, I can give you another hint? hint if you'd like. No, because I might want to use it. You have another one? Another. Do you have another question? Because I could use it for the next question. Um, I don't want to. Okay, cool. I, mean, I, 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 could, I could probably now. come up with another one, but I think this no, we can save it. Yeah, we can save it. What's the what's the hint? Um, he reprised his role, mm-hmm. the role that I was talking about a few years back. It was a mm-hmm. repri- was a reprisal of his original role. Damn, that doesn't help at all. Um, God, and I know I'm being I'm being. This is a hard one, but you know it's like genuine okay. and hard. <laughs> skip it, skip it. I'm going to go with my original thought. All right. Oh, you're so the voiceover artist can only be Billy West. Billy West has the same last name as Adam West. So I'm going Adam West. Oh, so wrong. So wrong. But, but, but I could kind of see where you're going from. And is there a relation between Adam West and Billy West? 
I don't know. Oh, but okay. is that okay? But was it was it Shatner? Oh no! But you're so close, so freaking close. Who was it? No, it was freaking Leonard it was Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy. Yep, Leonard Nimoy. Not bad, dude. Not bad. I mean, you were you were you were kind of there. And the the oh, voiceover yeah. artist was Jeff Nimoy, who does uh, oh, he oh. for Digimon. Dang it! I could have gotten that, dude. If I just said Digimon, would you have gotten it? Do you know who Jeff Nimoy is? No. No, I would have gotten it had I thought about... Um, there was just one clue that I didn't take into consideration. The, um, the, the, the strange encounters thing he used to host. I remember that In show. Search Of. It was called In Search Of. Yeah, but if I had said I that, did, you would have got remember. that. Because you're, you're good that way. Yes. But that one... Okay, that's the level of hard I want every time. Okay. Do you want one that I think is kind of easy? Matter of fact, I'm no, just... No. I want... Okay. I want one that's terribly hard every time. Because that one, I could... The thing is, that is tangible to me. That Leonard Nimoy, I could have I could have gotten that. So I like that one. Okay, I got one for you. It was a, I got one for you. All right. But this is just okay. for shits and giggles, okay? Okay. Um, hold on. Now, I'm not even going to give you hints on this one. Okay, okay, I just want you to hear it. And you've pre- maybe you've heard this before. Okay. I used to laugh at this quite a bit. In fact, when I was... Uh, in like the college years when I was big into irony, I actually purchased the album because I thought I was cool to have it. So anyway, it was complete garbage. But let me see here. Oh, that's a good one, too. <laughs> that's a good one, too. Which song do I want to play? I'm going to go with this one here. All right, here we go. might clue you in right now just this alone is that a girl that's that's irrelevant this is backup singing here we go you've got to get this picture yourself in a boat on a river Yes, I know who it is. Somebody calls you. That's funny. Who's it? Shatner. Easy, yes, easy. I'm glad I didn't go with yes, that one. That's Shatner. Yes. Not bad, not yes. bad. Yes, that was a very good. Uh, but I got one out of the two. I do. Well, I was putting my. I was up. putting my feelers out there. I kind of wanted to get a little, little taste of where you're at. So now oh, I know what I'm working bruh. with. But. And now I know where I'm working with, too. Now, we've, we tried this off mic once before, and I really, really regret doing that one. Oh, you would have got, got me, got you dude. for sure on that one there. Even though you ended up knocking it out of the park, it took many hints to get you there. Dude, I dare say this should be a weekly thing. We can definitely try it out. Hey, guys, what do you think about this? Do you like this game? Were you playing along? Um, let us know, because if you like, if you like who this and who that, I think we got ourselves a new you know, regular weekly thing that we can do here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of our show. But before we leave, we want to let you know how to get a hold of us. And let me tell you, we do respond. You hit us up on Twitter, we're going to respond, especially Dan. Dan loves being bothered. So bother him all you possibly can. How do you do that? He's about to tell you. It's no bother whatsoever, folks. Trust me. I love this stuff. 
We are the Heroes of Noise, ladies and gentlemen, and we would love to converse with you, uh, correspond with you, tweet with you, whatever you want. And we love voicemails, too. So I'm going to give you all that information right now. Um, I've had fun this show, Steve, by the way. I thought this was a, this was a pretty fun one here. I know we didn't like we didn't like necessarily tackle a topic, but I like what we did with it. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully it doesn't really matter if we liked it. It definitely matters if you guys liked it. So please, if you did, yes. let us know. By the following information here, any one of these will work. If you'd like to reach the Heroes of Noise podcast, you can reach us at just that, Heroes of Noise podcast at gmail.com. You can reach us on Twitter at Heroes of Noise. You can reach myself, Dan Ramirez, at Dan Q Public. And you can reach my friend Steve at S E underscore Hudson Music. Our voicemail is area code 559. Get your pencil. I'll wait. You too. Get your goddamn pen. You start sharpening it. <laughs> It don't work, huh? Get a pen. Fucking pen don't work. You know what? I'm done with you. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Voicemail, 559-492-9831. That person's just going to have to wait until next week. You, you, you blew it, sir. You blew it. And also, if you're not subscribed to our podcast and you feel like you might want to, I would say just go ahead and pull the trigger and do so. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree, Steve? Just pull the trigger. Yes. So do so. Subscribe to our podcast, ladies and gentlemen, please. At on, You can do it on iTunes. You can do it on Stitcher. You can do it on Google Play. Um, the reason that I like to push iTunes and Stitcher mostly is because it also comes with an area where you can leave us a review. So please, if you like what we're doing as much as we do, please leave us a five-star review or whatever you think that we're worthy of. And uh, by doing so on either iTunes or Stitcher, you're going to let the show get noticed a little bit more. It gets on the radar of other people, which makes it more fun for us later. And we can give more emails and more, you know, the, the whole bit. So we really want to grow this show. I know I'm babbling, but ladies and gentlemen, it's been a hell of a time this week. And uh, Steve, take it away. And ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to send us your own challenge for who this or who that, you simply, uh, you can either leave a voicemail and uh, the who that's a little bit hard because it has the music with it. But if you have a challenge for me that you think you can stump me with who this, just like I stumped Dan with it, please leave it in the voicemail, answer the question, and put, ladies and gentlemen, who this? And we will answer it to our best of our ability. And you don't have to put, you can put the answer at the bottom, but it's, I would recommend not doing it and just let us Google it and we'll figure it out ourselves. But please try to challenge us. Or you can email, you got our email, and make sure you put in the title, who this or who that, depending on which one you have. We welcome the competition. We can't wait. And let me tell you something. Here's one thing I will tell you. It's hard to stop me, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. Your boy is hard to stump, so I challenge you, listener. I challenge you to your face to try to challenge me. I dare you to try to stump your boy, because I'm unstumpable. That's what people have called me. They call me Steve, and they call me unstumpable. You either know me as one, or you know me as the other. Unstumpable Steve. Let me see you. Unstumpable Steve. So I challenge you, ladies and gentlemen, try to stump me. But until that mystical day where we come back again, I am your host, Steve. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Dan Ramirez. It has been a pleasure talking with you all this week, and we will be back soon. We are the Heroes of Noise. We shall return. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace.